<laughs> he lied thousands of times to their face <laughs> and they still elected him oh god welcome to the big damn forget it everybody quickly go grab rations build a bunker now is the time i'm scared to death chris i'm so alone matt and isn't it weird that our halloween <laughs> names have come the week after halloween <laughs> Truly, this was the biggest fright of all. Oh, my lord. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. God. Just, yeah. I, the, and the world collectively woke up and went, What? Christ, what, what just happened? Apart from, apparently, a large percentage of uh, elderly white male and female voters in the States. Awesome. So, fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, did you know that Ch- the, uh, global warming is a hoax perpetrated by the Chinese? Well, yeah. Yeah. That's what that's what the new president says. Yeah, we should probably we should probably stop all research yeah. into, into its prevention or at least its, you know, its, its, its longevity. It's... Let's stop it from being sooner and the effects hitting us we as just severely to, as they are. We just need to stop listening to China. Yeah, yeah. The China. The China are always, China are always beating us at everything. They're beating us at everything, man. Oh, let's... Oh, let's get away from this horrible... You should have put Bernie in the Democratic position. That's all I'm saying. You know, enough of that. You know what else <laughs> was a horrible time in human history? Oh. The First World War. Oh. But it's okay. Ah? Uh-huh. There's a ray of light in the First World War now. Uh-uh. Because according to... The, uh, no, <laughs> Retroactively. I'm going somewhere with this. It works, it works. I'm going somewhere with this. Trust us. Uh, because according to the DC <laughs> universe... Yarb. Wonder Woman was around in the First World War. Or as we like to call her... <laughs> trying to make that a thing yeah they? they really are it doesn't fit with the trailer at all doesn't it doesn't it's, it's so like, ju- like the movie first the debuted in, it just jars everything yeah they stop the trailer and then they just play the new theme with the logo there's, there's no there's no transition there's just the theme starts <laughs> this is this is this movie now and then we're going to show a short little comedy scene with a prim and proper British lady afterwards it'll all fit we promise no it won't no um no. Wonder Woman dropped a second trailer dropped a it's a fresh load of second trailer on us. And I'm going to say it out of bat. My faith isn't restored yet. I'm still I'm still weeping from the damage Suicide Squad inflicted on my my enjoyment of what these films could bring us. Yeah. Um I I I can't be ready for it and I Well, let's talk let's talk about some shots in the trailer because there is stuff that looks great in the trailer. But that's the thing. There is stuff that looked great in all of their trailers. Even remember, even the BVS trailer that gave the whole film away. Whoever that villainess is <laughs> with the facial prosthetic is really cool. That's a cool look that is a cool looking like design for a character. The, the good Proper spooky. The good one he apparently is on Doctor Poison. Okay. Who <laughs> apparently is an actual villain. They are not gonna call him that though. They're gonna be like, You're like a called Doctor You're not Poison. a doctor, you're 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 a disease, you're a poison, and then she'll give like a knowing glance to the camera uh, and go, eh? Eh? No, also a... no underpants on the outside, kids. That's not realistic. There's also a Baroness character who she could be. Um, Baroness smash up Not face. the Baroness from G.I. Joe. Baroness Two-Faces. Uh, Baroness Paula von Gunther. <laughs> Lovely work. Um, who was a villain in, a recurring villain in the uh, Linda Carter 70s show. Oh, um, Linda Carter. So. Um, the splashes of colour are still visually striking. Like the beach scenes and everything, like the setting of the beach, like the way the ocean and the sand looks. But I noticed something. There's a brilliant video from a few years ago um, by a uh, oh god, which which one is it? I think it, I think it's Good Bad Flicks on YouTube, 
where they did a video talking about movie posters and how bland they've become yeah. because they all use like formula. There's like twelve versions that everyone does, twelve different posters that everyone refers to. And one of the most common things is the color wheel. Like um, a lot of graphic designers will be aware that there's a, there's a wheel of color where it's basically the theory is it's not really a theory. It works in practice. Is that colors at the opposite side of the color wheel? complement each other and are pleasing to the eye. Yeah. Uh, that's that's just how they work. Um, so in this case, you see, uh, the colour wheel has teal and uh, orange at opposite sides of it. I'm seeing a lot of that in this trailer. Yeah. There's a lot of teal well, and orange. It, like, even, the, even the beach the beach scene is sort of teal and orange rather than blues and yellows and everything. And it's making me think, am I enjoying this because of a proven colour theory? in graphic design, and not because I'm excited for the actual footage itself. Like, that's a trend that is so been so prevalent over over the last, I don't know, five, six years? Yeah. Like, the, mm. the, the place I, I first remember noticing it in 2011. Yarb. Because that was the year of Battlefield 3. Yeah. Where, like, <laughs> it was just so blatant mm. to the point where there was a Battlefield 3 armor set for Mass Effect 3, which was literally just a blue <laughs> blue soldier with, like, that orange slash yeah. down it. And it, that that visual of the blue background and the orange slash became so prevalent. Um, so Bay uses it's... it quite a lot in the Transformers movies. Yeah, oh, There's a lot of horizons God. with that colour scheme. Like, the, the shot will be... There'll be such a layer on the shot, it's greyed out a bit so that metallic textures look blue. Yeah. And, and I mean, look at the Doctor Strange posters. Yeah, yeah. It's all blue and orange. Yeah, which again, um, it's all like, boo. But good film, guys. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I saw it in IMAX 3 this week, took my brother because he wanted to see it. Ooh. Glorious, especially the you know what sequence. Just trippy as balls. Yeah. My dad um, wants to see it, so I might take it. Hands back. started coming out of the seats. They didn't. But they should have done. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, even in, even in that, there's, it's a common thing. And Wonder Woman's using it a lot. And it's aesthetically pleasing. But I'm like, hang on. No, don't get sucked in by the visuals. Because that's what happened with Suicide Squad. We didn't like the visuals. And then they started using the really funky graphics. And we were like, okay, it's got a yeah. style. And that style didn't really give anything to the finished product. No. Um, there is a couple of really cool images. The Wonder Woman stepping out of the trenches is a really cool yeah. image. That it's is a, a very cool image where she just sort of walks up the ladder and steps into freaking no man's land. way too much slow-mo, though. That's my biggest problem There's with this trailer. So much, it looks like a Zack Snyder movie. Yes. There is too much slow motion. And everyone's like, oh, it looks cool. Yeah, that's fine. But, you know, slow motion's there to make the shot look cool, to make it last in your mind, to make you go, <gasps> and take a breath. Slow motion should make everyone go, <gasps> Before the thing happens. And if you use it every time, it's lazy. Like, a big problem in a lot of Hollywood blockbusters lately is, in terms of combat, there's either too many cuts during fight sequences, or the, or it's all shot too close, so you don't get to see it. Slow motion is equally lazy. Like, yeah. it's equally as lazy yeah. as not trying to film a choreographed sequence. Because slow motion is a, hey, doesn't matter, we'll show that moment. Now, if you use slow motion sparingly... It's pretty great. But like you said, in this trailer alone, there's, I think, there's six shots. Six action shots in slow-mo. There's even a bit where it's like her and what looks like Danny Houston's character. Like, she's going to kick him, like, kick a gun out of his hand. Yeah. And it's in slow-mo. It's like, you're kicking a gun. That should be, kick. Done. Like, there you go. I have disarmed you. Fight continues. But 
It's slow motion. Also, the bracelet moment. The bracelet moment in the trailer that's really cool is when um, I think he gets shot at in the alley and she just leans in front of them and deflects a bullet. Yeah, yeah. That should be the moment in the trailer where they show what the bracelets can do. But then they give you the other shot, which is also a really cool shot, of her across the battlefield getting shot at and that slow motion like deflecting the bullet. Yeah. But we've already been introduced to the... Like, the punchline at the end of the trailer should have been, don't show any bullet bracelet stuff. And then after the title card, show that shot in the alleyway. Because there's your sort of, <laughs> punch ending to the trailer. It's like, oh my god, that was cool. And how funny was that? Because he's sort of like, whoa, I don't know. Just, and I, I'm, oh, just Gal Gadot. Does she have any, anything see, I in, don't, her, see, in her tool belt? I don't get it. I think she's the best thing, one of the best, one of the better things about Batman, very Superman. Mm. Um, but if you put her in a, in a, in a yeah, film, a, go, a good movie, a movie, yeah. Can she carry a movie? Like, she was a highlight of that movie, but because she was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. But I, it's going to take more than one shot of her being knocked back by a CGI cave troll and smiling before going to fight it again. It's going to take more than that to make me want to follow this character into battle. Yeah. And this movie's not selling it to me. Plus... And it needs to be good. Like, yeah. They can't keep fighting the inertia of... Well, these movies keep making money, though. Like, Suicide Squad did did well. Oh, yeah, it did, it did gangbusters, so, but like, it's just... And <gasps> as we'll get to a little bit later, there is an indication that the people I hope just don't care if they're good. Yeah, well... Which we kind of suspected anyway. Yeah, there's but, there's a very strong hint of that, actually, this week, isn't um, there? But, yeah, it... Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go, we'll go into now. that. Pine looks fine, um, Godot looks okay. Yeah, I mean, Chris Pine looks like not Chris Pine. But and I like what's her name from the office. Yeah, she's alright in it. She she could, she's just nice to see in things. I just hope that her entire role isn't just <laughs> quip. Yeah, <laughs> British quip, but it will be. Because it will that's, be. That's what kind of movie this is going to be. I feel. I wonder if there'll be any establishing shots in this movie. Oh, I hope. So. I know Snyder's not directing, but considering, well, the, considering the big vistas, yeah. But I think that's actually a shot. Oh, the this. beach. Well, you don't, you don't you see a, oh, the throne room. shot of Themyscira. The, the Themyscarian throne room. Yeah. Themyscarian throne room that looks like the throne area from Krypton, from Man yeah. of Steel, but they've just put a beach vista in the cave gap behind them. Well, you know. It's really weird. Where's Hippolyta's giant hat? Well... Is Zod going to come in and go, I will find him! Do I will find something. <laughs> something we need. Do you I, think James I, Wan is shitting himself? Do you think he's just like, why did I sign I up for Aquaman? probably... Just gonna bail. I hope he does. Because Flash has lost two directors. One yeah. lost a director before it got. I think it was Patty Jenkins is on it now. Shazam is currently in a state of well, we've cast we've cast Black Adam, so it's got to be happening, right? That's pretty much the entire state of of Shazam at this point. And Cyborg's not happening anymore. Is it not? <laughs> no, it's off the slate, and there's been no word on whether or not it's just been put back. Which again must be a blow to the actor, the actor who's like you know he's a theatre guy, isn't he? And this was his, this is his sort of breakout into movies kind of role. It's like yeah, you might be one and done, mate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, <sighs> that's no good. Well, Batman will save us, right? Oh well, Batman's gonna save us. Batman always delivers a quality product. So, always, definitely, always. Definitely, He's never not delivered a bad product. Definitely, always delivers quality. <laughs> Um, 
so little birdies have been talking, haven't they? Little birdies mm. by the name of Brett Easton Ellis. So take this with a pinch of salt. Uh, take this with a huge fucking bucket of salt. But it was an interview, I can't remember which outlet it was with, um, where Brett Easton Ellis was saying that he was having... But it was about... The the article was about... It was part of an article about uh, like the changing face of, of movies and TV and how people are moving more towards TV and... Uh, where that's like where the good writers are moving to, and that's where the quality storytelling is. And Brayton Ellis says, "Oh yeah, I had lunch with some executives who know some executives who are working on the Batman movie. Yeah, and they were telling me how there's thirty problems with the script, but they go to the studio and say, okay, here's these problems with the script. We can fix them.' And the studio just goes, we don't care." We're not fussed. Like, 70% of the people who see this aren't going to see it in English anyway. Doesn't matter. Just made the movie. Oh, God. It's like... Now, again, that's worrying. Rumour mill, because it's he, shed, he said she, she said seashells, yeah, seashells by the like seashore. Yeah, third-hand information. But he's got no stake in this game. Well, as far as we know. Well, yeah, fair play. But, like, but also look at the track record of the three products they've delivered yeah, so far. That's probably true. It's just, I mean, and it doesn't really come as a surprise. Holosaurus. Like, you know, movie companies are around to make money, and they will make money in the most efficient, like, way they can. Well, I mean, they've, the thing is, it's a Batman movie. They've already made the money. Yeah. Like, by existing. Yeah. They'll make at least two thirds of what they project. Yeah. At least two thirds are guaranteed. The only reason I say two-thirds are not more confident is because we've yet to have the Wonder Woman movie and the Justice League movie, I think, which I think, could which could be terrible and could damage the reputation even further. I think Wonder Woman might be the... If it's not good, which I hope it is. Yeah, oh God, again, really we, hope we reiterate, is. this is going to be our new catchphrase, we never want things to be bad. But if it's, <laughs> if it's not good, then it could be the movie that not, starts to knock the wind out of one of other sales. Yeah. Because they've not, they're not having a good time with franchises and such. But hey, hey, I heard you talk to fish. Smirk, oh, knowing wink. Oh god, guitar sting. Oh god, gonna be a success, a rip roaring success. Gonna be a success. <laughs> um, no, I. Ah, uh, I guess the Affleck's written the script with Jeff Johns and someone else. I think. Um. And other writers are the ones who are saying, hey, we can fix this, we can fix this. Uh, it's the executives. Oh, the executives of the movie itself yeah, are yeah. going, we can fix so this. So the Warner Brothers executives. Right. So there are people in the, in the making <clears throat> of this movie who give a shit. Uh, well, I would assume that I Affleck so. and Johns give a shit anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, Affleck, Affleck only ever played Daredevil because Batman's his favourite thing and he always wanted to play Batman. Now he's playing Batman. And now he's playing Batman. So Affleck will care, but Affleck is also busy, from what some reports have suggested, trying to save Justice League. Yeah. Like he he was heavily involved on set. He had cre- he has a portion of creative control on Justice League as a producer on the film, and he was like changing stuff on the day and everything because he was just like unsatisfied with it, dissatisfied with the direction it was going, and just satisfied with the direction. It says so much. Probably it says so much, doesn't it? it really does. It's like Zack Snyder should not be a director. Mm. He has yeah. a really great eye for visuals. Yeah, Zack Snyder should be. A DOP. Yeah. Yeah. He shouldn't be a director because he has no... While he has a great eye for visuals, he has no sense of narrative or storytelling. Which a DOP should have too, but the director can steer the DOP. Exactly. 
to make sure it's always on track and, and Snyder don't do that. Snyder don't do that. You don't want to put... One <laughs> <sighs> of them. Yeah. My God, you've been hit by Trump's disease. God. You're going to oh. be exhausted from now until the end of time. Tell me about it. At least for the um, next four years. You're going to be in a walking so coma. You don't want to put Zack Snyder in charge of your of building your narrative. Or your, you know, your universe with a story in it because he's <laughs> terrible at it. Universes and stories. Yeah, he's terrible at them both. Um, but they did that, and now they've got themselves in a bit of an old pickle. <laughs> got themselves in a bit of a mess. Bit of a stew. Bit of a bit of a bit of a stew. Bit of a, bit of a, a uh, sticky situation. Dirty that. Did I hear right that the that Joe Manklyang who plays Deathstroke has has sort of come out to counteract that news by saying like, oh, it's great. Some of the stuff in the script is amazing. Well, he's not going to shit on it, is he? Well, of course he's not. He's pretty in it. And it's so, like, this is his first massive like, Hollywood starring role. He's not going to take a dump on it. But it's like when there was that open letter going round to, to, to Warner Brothers, apparently from an ex-employee, which I think has now been debunked as fake, um, saying that Wonder Woman, early impressions of Wonder Woman, uh, were that it wasn't good, like within Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And then everyone who was working on Wonder Woman came out and was like, no, it's great. It's awesome. <laughs> well, again, of course they'll say that. Yeah. They're working on it. So you kind of can't win with things like that. Like, he, Paul, like Paul Feig's not going to admit that Ghostbusters was structurally an absolute disaster. He's not going to admit that. I think he made the disaster's movie. a strong word. On a structurally, it was. No, well, like just it, forgetting the point of the kind of story it wanted to tell. And, I think it was and, sloppy. I and not realizing, and not realizing early on that we could just tell a new story that has nothing to do with Ghostbusters with these four leads and these four characters. We could do that anyway. Oh dear. We're getting off the point, which is that <laughs> I'm avoiding the home release like crazy. DC seem, still seem to be having problems, and we've yeah. got Jeff Johns having a bit more creative input on the project would help, but it doesn't seem to have helped. Because, of course, Batman's the first one that's under his watch, isn't it? Yeah. He, he has a finger in the pie of Justice League, giggity, but the first one that's completely his is Batman. Yeah. So, um,. Is it little? Is it too little? Too late? That's the. It might be. That's the problem. That, so... that that that'd be like Iron Man, Incredible Hulk, Iron Man Two, Thor, yeah. and Captain America, and Avengers being shit, and then them going. But it's okay. We have got Kevin Feige now, and it's like we've just, we've paid for five movies that we didn't enjoy. But there's so there's so much momentum behind them in in terms of the brand. Mm. Like the the brand yeah. is so powerful and can push, even. A relatively unknown brand like Suicide Squad. Well, because they, they gave that the one-up of the Hot Topic audience. Oh, relying God. on them, knowing that they know who Harley Quinn is. So many Harley Quinn, Harley Qu- Halloween costumes. Yeah, and most I, of most of them dreadful. I Even saw, better, Joker costumes, absolutely abysmal. I saw some. Of, I saw a <laughs> Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn Suicide Squad costume being obviously a, not a licensed one, but yeah. I saw one in uh, in Superdrug. Yeah. Licensed as, named as Evil Cheerleader. Jesus. But like Daddy's Little Monster yeah, t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. And the pigtails with the dye in. And Christ. All. It's like they, they've really gotten away from what actually this character is, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they could just call it Crazy Chick. Like, and that at least would have made you go, alright, yeah. This is my cheap Harley Quinn costume. No, evil cheerleader. Evil cheerleader. But then again, what did she look like to an outside designer? Little hot pants, like big shoes, like colourful makeup, pom pom like hair she with looks, the two colours. Oh, yeah, she looks like a harlequin. This character called Harley Quinn. I want to do a complete as a play on the word Harley Quinn. I want to do a complete one eighty with Harley Quinn's design going forward and just dress her up like a mid, like sort of 
a medieval jester. Yeah. Just cover her in layers of bells and whistles and everything. I'll be like, there you go! What? We're just going back to what's true to the character. It's like, she's called Harley Quinn. Yeah. She's called Harlequin. <laughs> that imagine? tells you what she should fucking look like. Yeah. Heeled spats. Tiny little hot pants. Covered in tattoos. And at one point, she's going to have no top on while she gets dressed in front of all the guys. I feel like we'll be treading all the ground here, Christopher. It's so easy to tell us what DC are doing. Hey! Hey, you know that track record from Man of Steel? The one that didn't work? Yeah, let's put it back down. We'll walk over it again. We'll walk to the end of yeah. it. And then when we're done, we'll lay it back down. Then we'll walk over it again. And along the way, we'll and throw things in that look good. Like Batman. Everyone loves Batman. I'm sure that everyone will adore whatever we do with Batman. Because, hey, 70% of the people who watch it won't even be speaking English anyway. And if we keep walking to the end of it, eventually we'll fall off a fucking cliff. Oh, God, here's hoping. Here is um, hoping. But, you know... Ugh. The future is not completely devoid of hope for the Batman license. <laughs> really? Yeah. God, go on, hit me with something that will make me smile, please. It's a Lego Batman trailer. <gasps> game. Yeah! Another Lego Batman trailer. Yes! Another wave of, oh my god, I can't wait to see this movie. Yes, this is the this is the one Batman movie since The Dark Knight Rises that I've wanted to see. And, and good lord, like, is it... It's what we need right now. It's why Deadpool was so successful. We need a good it, it comedy. Was, it was it was a step back to go. Hey, this comic book stuff. It's pretty weird, right? Yeah. Like that's that's what we need. And this movie. I mean, this movie acknowledges the existence of every cinematic iteration of Batman so far. All of it. Yeah. Which is great. It, it's saying, hey, and guess what? Don't dismiss any of it because all of it is important to this character's legacy. Even the ice puns, and he's also even the Batusi, even the even the gaping plot holes of Dark Knight Rises. Like they all, they all are important to why this character exists and is as popular as he is today. And he's also probably set in the same multiverse as the Lego Movie. <clears throat> yeah, it's, so it's either a game being played. Spoiler alert for the Lego Movie. It's oh, either yeah. a game that a kid's playing. But there won't there won't be any of that in the movie. No. It'll just be, it'll all be set completely within the Lego well, realm. But it's definitely Lego movie continuity and stuff because you have the bit like where the planes crashing and they rebuild. Yeah, like they, they and build he mentions it. he mentions being a master builder. Yeah, it's like master builder skills activate activate something yeah. like that, and they just build the plane. A plane that is. I'm sorry, I can't get over this. A plane that's being torn apart by the gremlins. Yeah, not gremlins. The Gremlins, the, the Warner Gremlins. Brothers copyright owned Gremlins Capital in G. Lego form. Gremlins, oh my god, which is a mate, which is genius marketing because one of the Lego Dimension sets coming out in the new year is two Gremlins sets. So that's genius. Like they've obviously gone, yeah, we'll get them in there. We'll yeah. get the Gremlins in there. Why not? I want to know how they br- how they bring that about in the movie. I just. Want- I'm such a big fan of yeah. Gremlins. I'm just like, I just want to hear what the references are. I want to hear yeah. what they refer to them as. I want to see what happens. Like, is, is Robin going to pick up a Mogwai in Chinatown or something? And it's all part of a plot to, to screen stuff. Like, what is this? Is it going to be a simple visual gag or are they going to have a few scenes? Like, oh, Gremlins. And also Alfred in a superhero outfit. Yeah. And a, a commenter on YouTube on the video when I said, like, is Alfred wearing a cape? Someone said, I think he's actually wearing, and I've not seen every episode of the 60s show. But I believe he must dress up as a superhero at some point in a costume. Because someone says, I think he's wearing the costume that he wore in the 60s show. I'm like, what? I'm going to Google this gonna right have to look, now. Going to have to look back. Going to have to look back and see if that's a thing. Because if so, again, mic drop. Beautifully done. Yeah. The only thing that's confused me, Barbara Gordon's commissioner. 
That makes me a little sad, because that means we don't get Team Batgirl getting up to shenanigans and having adventures. Well... But at the same time, it's a Lego movie. She seems to be chubbing around with them. Oh yeah, she's definitely pals with them. She's definitely teaming up. But also, where's Gordon? Where's Gordon? Where's Commissioner James Gordon? He's dead, Chris, alright? Oh. He's dead. Oh. We don't really get dead enough... dead and he's not coming back. We don't really get enough dialogue from the Joker to hear how Zach Galifianakis... We don't get enough dialogue to hear where he's going with it, but Joker seems fun. Yeah. And the spiky teeth works. Like, he sort of looks like a monster clown, which is kind of cool. They gag about uh, fighting around. Yes. Is great. Oh, yeah, it's basically couples therapy. Um, and... <laughs> I can't find an image of, of, of 66 Alfred in, in any kind of costume. Well, I guess um, I'm just going to have to watch all three seasons oh no! in one go and try and find it. Uh, Michael, I, Which I am completely fine with, because that show is amazing. That show is the tits. It's out incredible. The, out of the voice cast of ba- Lego Batman, I'm most surprised that Michael Sarah seems to be quite fun. Oh, God, he's perfect as Robin, though. Rip! <laughs> so now we're talking. Good. Now we're moving. Come on, Batman. Let's get grooving. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, you work so well in this role. Yeah. When they announced it, they said like, yeah, Will Arnett's reprising role as Lego Batman. I was like, great, because he was really funny in Lego yeah, Movie. Yeah. I'm fine with that. They were like, Rafe Fiennes is Alfred. I was like, oh my god, yes, yeah. brilliant, because he will deliver it completely straight, and that's exactly what it needs. Rosario Dawson is Barbara Gordon. Okay. Yes, now a thousand times yes, and Michael Sarah's Robin. Wait, what? That's a bit of a weird I mean, one, but all right. I mean, it depends on how comedy you're going with Robin. How how comedy Robin is this Robin going to be? And then that first trailer came out. I was like, this is perfect. It's full comedy this Robin. Is absolutely perfect. Like Dick Grayson's a little dark. This is perfect. Oh my god! This is, oh, I, I'm so I'm so unbelievably excited for this movie. I'm feeling it. And I do hope that they, based on this trailer, I do hope that they rip the piss out of Batman v Superman a bit, because it looks like they are in this yeah, trailer. Yeah, they, they mention it. Yeah, but they even give you like a moody shot of two Lego figures in the rain advancing S- on each other. Superman is my greatest enemy. <laughs> Superman's not a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> that line alone. Oh my God. Like, they get it. Like They clearly get it. So someone at Warner Brothers understands that Batman is Superman was a terrible idea. <laughs> and I know it doesn't play in this trailer, but I, every time I think of Lego Batman, like this is, shows how good the trailers have been so far, I immediately think of that Black and Yellow song that's in like trailer two and three. Yeah. So every time I see the trailers, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what the is Wag, isn't it Warner Warner Animations Group? Or whatever yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what their features are going to be like going forwards because there's some pretty fun stuff at the minute coming from those guys. Because they did Storks, didn't they? Storks is one of theirs as well, I think. It's just like... Does anyone like Storks? I really wanted to see it, but it sort of came and went. It came out during the October half term and then yeah. it disappeared. Well, um, Because yeah, it, lo- it, looked like, it looked like if the Looney Tunes were still relevant in terms of, you know, the, having been handled well over the years, God, what, what, this what is what they look like what, now, visually. What are doing with the Looney Tunes now? Not much. Uh, the Looney Tunes show ran for a few years on Cartoon Network, I think. Which is basically like a sitcom starring some of them living together, and it was it was pretty funny from what I've been told. Um, but you know, in that oh, this is the new format kind of way. Thing is, with the Looney Tunes, obviously go back and get rid of any that have aged terribly in terms of social, political, or racial <laughs> um, views. <laughs> but you could just whack the Merry Melodies on now, and people would still love them. They're proper funny. Like it's it's Marx Brothers level comedy. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and you know it's it it sucks that they're not doing anything with them. But hey, 
if one animation group does well and they keep getting in like script writers who like like the properties they've been given. I mean, the Lego movie should not have worked in a million years. And we saw that first trailer and went, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Okay, let's see where like, you're I going. Was not, I was just expecting it to be like every other toy movie. But and just be like bad it, marketing. But it, they they plugged into something. They 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 market. They, sure, it is marketing. Like you said, it's a toy film. But they 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 marketed Lego by Lego simply being the storytelling like visual that they used. Yeah. At no point in the movie did they make a thing of like, and this is going to be a set. There was no obvious like, and this is a playset, and you can buy it after this movie. Like there was none of that at all. And. It was all just about imagination and like, where imagination goes. I mean, all that stuff was released as toys. Oh, yeah, but but, but it was never... And again, it wasn't like... There was no big marketing for the products of the film. No, I don't feel like there was, really. The film did it all. Yeah. Which felt right. Like, it felt okay. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like, yeah, we get it. Lego is a product, and you want us to buy that product. But for an hour and a half of my time, and like six quid of my money, you entertained me and you made me laugh. So you can yeah. have that money. And if I happen to buy a set later on down the line for my kids or for me or whatever, I'll do that. It's like, fair enough. And that's, that's you know I mean? But like, writers got a hold of that property and went, yeah, this is, we could do something with this. We could do something inventive with it. And it just makes you really sad when you look at like DreamWorks and Sony buying the rights to like Play-Doh and Clue and, and freaking Guess guess Who. Guess Who. I mean, like, we already got a battleship movie. Exactly, but that was it. That was another one. That was that yeah. was like they got the rights from Mattel or whatever. It's Hasbro. Hasbro. Yeah. And then Battleship had nothing to do with the game, with the board game at all. There wasn't any like tie-in promotions. They didn't release like any versions of the game. I think there might have been like a, a, a with Rihanna a, on the box art, yeah, wearing camo gear. It's like what is Liam this? Neeson. Oh god! It, it. Have you seen the Battleship movie? <laughs> no. I've oh, got... it's it's not good. Is it? It's aliens, it's, right? Yeah. Because it's real bad. The same year as like um oh god, what was it? Oh, it was that Aaron Eckhart Invasion one? As oh, well. Battle Los Angeles. Battle Los Angeles. That's and, also and was not some, good. <laughs> there was something else that came out the year that was like the same sort of thing. It was here's a bunch of bland military characters fighting aliens in a gr- in a gritty, realistic, fan footage esque style with lots of shaky cam. Yeah. And then Battleship came out around oh, the same time. Man. Well, Battleship's not got the shaky cam stuff. It's like a Rolling Emery movie. But what are you talking about? It's got it's got up and coming Hollywood star Taylor Kitsch. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. Oh. There's some other good one in animation news that I completely forgot about until now. Oh, Mince. That you're going to love. Mince. Mince me right up, big boy. Season 3 of Young Justice has become productive. <gasps> oh, I saw this! I saw this! This is amazing! Yeah, um, the, the, no details have been confirmed beyond that it's happening. Yeah, it's, been, it's in production now. But, oh, don't, We don't know when it's going to wear, and we don't know where it's going to wear. Oh, Netflix. But it's, Get it on it's Netflix. happening. Get it on Netflix. Do a deal with, like, Cartoon Network so that they can screen it on TX, but then get it on Netflix. Have Netflix co-fund it. Oh, that'd be amazing. There's precedent for that sort of like. Because series, series, kind of series one, Young Justice is great. Series two gets complicated on purpose. Like it jumps like five years. You could do that again. You could jump five years again, and we could join them in the aftermath of the cliffhanger of season two. Oh, that'd be great. 
I know you're very excited for this, but I still haven't seen Young Justice. Young Justice is pretty sweet. It is pretty great. It's, I it's, knew um, you like this. In a world where we no longer have the DC animated universe, Young Justice and Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes were the closest we got to that kind of era. Oh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes is really good, man. So good. Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Spectacular Spider-Man and Young Justice are pretty much the best we've had of that kind of thing. And the Marvel came along and were like, oh, these TV shows are great. We're going to replace them with shit. Yeah, it's bizarre. I mean... Batman Brave and the Bold, obviously very different Batman from what people kind of wanted, but it was oh, Brave brilliant. and the Bold was really good. Brave yeah, and the yeah. Bold was amazing. And even in its last episode, the last episode is about... Have you ever seen the last one? No. The no. last episode is Batmite going, oh, I'm bored of this now. I think I'm going to cancel it. So Batmite tries to change the formula of the show to get it cancelled, whilst Ambush Bug strives to keep it safe and normal. Batmite played by Paul Rubens, Ambushbug played by Henry Winkler. Oh, awesome. Um, they recast Aquaman with, I can't remember who it is, but an actor from a sitcom. Oh, the Brave the Bold Aquaman is so good. John DiMaggio. Outrageous! John DiMaggio. So playing this, good. Oh, his heroes. Have you seen the song? Like, his big heroes, like, uh, I don't anthem. think so. It's amazing. And there's an entire episode that's basically about him, Mira, and their kid going on a road trip throughout the United States. That's amazing. To take a break from being adventurous and he can't help himself. He just wants to save the day wherever he goes. I may have come into possession of a copy of the Brave and the Bold game for the Wii. So that might be something we could take a look at. I wonder what you could do with that. Uh, So, yes. Uh, Stick it with your bum. Well, Um, well, be weird. Wii mount in the front. Disc in the back. I think I've seen the video. Oh. (laughs) But, but, so the last episode's like about about Mike trying to get it cancelled. And it's like, this is great. And in the end, it gets replaced with a, it gets replaced with a Batgirl show, which he's like, oh, but she's not my favourite character. But it's, it's CGI, but it starts with Batman and they show you it and it's CGI and dark and gritty. And it's hilarious because, of course, what was it replaced with? Beware the Batman, which was CGI and dark and gritty. It's just like, oh, my God. Like, even the team on this show were like, yeah, we know what they're going to replace us with because it's so obvious. It's such a stupid, obvious thing to do. And then the episode's really sweet because it ends with a rap party in the Batcave as, as movers are coming in, taking down parts of the set. And all the characters, heroes and villains, are just having drinks and, and talking. And then Diedrich Bader at the end thanks the audience. Like, the Bat- Batman thanks the audience to Cameron, does a toast in their honour. It's like, this is the sweetest thing! Oh, they don't cancel it with a shit one-season show that proves a failure. Oh, wait! Well, I, my only exposure to Beware the Batman is the Beware the Batman costume that's an unlockable in uh, Arkham Origins. Oh, Blackgate. I forgot about that, yeah. And it looks awful. Yeah. It's an awful looking design. Yeah. Um, Whitley long face, everyone's got super skinny legs, short, dumpy torsos. But it, it was like also. The same animation from the Green Lantern cartoon, which also didn't do well, but apparently it was quite good. Yeah, and I've heard, critically I've heard that was really great, but that was, that was shit can for Teen Titans Go. So basically, at Warner and Disney, they've been making big boo boos with their DC and Marvel properties, respectively. But it looks like they've finally given someone something they want. As long as they get the original creative team on Young Justice 3, man. As long as they get them back. So they can live out the vision that they were planning. They'll have to, like otherwise they'll be oh, revolving in the streets. You watch, Matthew. It's already been proved this year that the public will take a lot before they actually do anything. <laughs> yeah, speaking of the Lego Movie, did you hear that President Business has just been elected President of the United States? Yeah, that's the thing. Although his hair looks less realistic. Hey. Um, now on on to slightly more positive superhero-y new. Well, to be fair, the, <laughs> to be fair, Young Justice season three is pretty bloody positive. Well, this is this is um this isn't really news. 
it's it's just sort of validation and confirmation. It's confirmation of something everyone already knows in the most offhand way possible. Yeah, Kevin Feige, uh, Marvel's Studios chief exec, head of Marvel Studios, beautiful man, man More with like... a plan, man with a vision, man who's momentarily annoyed Joss Whedon and, and, and has sort of fallen out with amicably Edgar Wright, but at the same time, is doing good work. More like Kevin Fine Great. That. What? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Talking to the Toronto Sun, he said he was excited about the casting of new MCU villains in upcoming Marvel movies. He said, we've had a wish list and most of them in the near term are coming together. That's good news. He says that Kate Blanchett is playing Hela in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah, we knew about that. Michael Keaton's Vulture in Spider-Man is something. And then he goes on. What? (laughs) I know, right? So, (laughs) Michael Keaton's casting was announced. We were told that the Vulture was going to be the villain in Spider-Man Homecoming. And everybody immediately made jokes and then assumptions that, all right, Birdman's going to be playing the Vulture, is he? Birdman's a Vulture. Batman to Birdman to Vulture. He's got the costume, just dye it green. Yeah, turns out it wasn't bullshit in there. Like, Keaton is the Vulture. Which makes me both happy and sad. Happy that they're not only making the Vulture... The Spider-Man villain, the Vulture, Adrian Toomes, wrinkled with an old man in a bird suit. They're making the Vulture the main villain in their first big Spider-Man movie going forward. Which shows that they have so much faith in the source material that they can tell good stories with it. Like, we've had talking raccoons and trees in space. People are now open to the ideas that they're bringing to the table. We've had magic. Yeah. The Vulture, played by Michael Keaton. That is an amazing thing. But it completely shits all of my theory that Michael Keaton was cast as Norman Osborn, which makes me sad because Keaton would be an amazing Osborn. And he's kind of already done that as well because that's that's kind of who he was in RoboCop. Yeah, to a greater or lesser extent. So you could count you could count RoboCop as, as a rehearsal for Norman yeah. Osborn. But um, but yeah, it's Tommy Lee Jones or bust. <laughs> no, no, too old. Yeah, he's and too, old too stingy, okay. and also has been in the MCU. Yes, of course. I ain't kissing you. <laughs> You're an unpleasant old man in real life. Go away, Tommy Lee Jones. You're cranky. Just um, show up in things and be brilliant at performing. Um, I Matthew McConaughey was looking out for the role a while ago. He was saying, like, oh, I'd love to play Norman Osborn. Like, I'd love to play the Green Goblin. That'd they, be great. If Keaton if Keaton Osborn... If they could get McConaughey, go for get McConaughey. McConaughey. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be for McConaughey yeah. as Osborn. I'd be down for that. If they That'd could get him... Then they'll then he'll, he'll make money, but um, I just keep killing Spider Man. I just keep killing. I get older, he stays the same age. Just, yes, he does. <laughs> he says, "Bring it on!" I think. All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's fight. His heart, Osborne. First, you attack his heart. <laughs> Back to formula. So. Back to formula! <laughs> You're gonna do the full thing. <laughs> Osborne, you slime. <laughs> okay, so, sorry about that. Oh, Will Sp- and the friends. Spider Man, let die the woman you love, <laughs> or suffer the little chip. <laughs> Always comes down to the sadistic choice. Finish it! Finish it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. 
Matthew McGoblin Hay. Um, oh, I'd be down with that. Gl- uh, yeah. So, right, so Keaton's Adrian Toomes. Keaton. Keaton. A successful Adrian. Keaton. Keaton A successful Adrian Toomes, who, by the look of it, is a full-on businessman. Then I'm guessing. Maybe. Who knows? Who or knows? dares to dream. Well, we do. Because also the shot in that movie. So yeah, yeah, boy. You know it's going to be good. Because that's another thing Marvel figured out to do the multiple villain formula. They figured out you don't make a thing of this guy's in it and this guy's in it and this guy's in it. They're all going to team up and be... No. Just have smaller villains appear in it. Yeah. In smaller levels. Give them a set piece. Or make them be someone's thug or enforcer. That's all you need. Almost like these superheroes have a larger life outside of the movies. Yeah. And the movies are just stories taken from their, you know, world. (laughs) Pretty much. They yeah. just, I'm trying to think of a superhero film that's done it. I'm sure we mentioned it recently. There's a Marvel film. Marvel films, Captain America films do it. Where in the opening you're like, oh, they're dealing with this crap all the time. Yeah. Like Civil War has an attack by crossbones. Uh, and like, uh, freaking, oh my God, my favourite, Winter Soldier, opens with with a fight with Batroc the Leaper. Batroc the Leaper. Who they made cool. It's like, this is great. They made Batroc cool. Oh Jesus. my God. So yeah, Keaton Vulture, um, dude is... Stocker, dude is tinkerer, a young tinkerer as well. From what yeah. I know, the actors and pro- probably not an alien. No, well, in a mask. Well, in a rubber mask. It would tie it into the ongoing MCU. Alien. If they did a post-credit sequence in a rubber mask, running a radio repair shop. <laughs> <laughs> they could tinker with it. Oh, I love the first tinkerer appearance. It's so dumb. Back to formula. Back when there was two two Spider-Man stories in every issue. <laughs> I am, I'm going to have to try I might see, I'm going to see how much some of that early stuff is on Comicology because I think the first epic collection's out for it. Well, save your money, sir, because you may want to buy something else in the coming months. What? Specifically, merchandise. 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 We're merchandising, what sir. What merchandise am I going to want to buy, Christopher? What merchandise is that? What accent's that? I don't know. <laughs> It was just a voice that came from my larynx. Well, you're you're a child of the '90s. Well, you you, you sort of bridge the gap a bit. You're, you're born, a '90s kid. I was born in '88. So I'm a '90s. Kid. You're a '90s kid. You get you get a bit of a tinge of the '80s, and that usually usually late well, '80s kids inherit '80s things. Yeah, we were just so poor that I just had a bunch of '80s toys because that was all we could afford. That's okay. Me too. Um, yeah. Like mid so. mid '90s, I was basically given a neighbor's like bunch of toys. Yeah, so uh, yeah. for a lot of the '90s, I was playing. With um, sort of the action man with the creepy hair. Yes. I was playing with Teenage Mutant yes. Ninja Turtles stuff. Oh yeah, I had some. I had, I had a few like uh, God. What was the rabbit? Was that was it a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing that became its own cartoon? I'm no, Bucky O'Hare. Bucky O'Hare. Yeah, apparently it's coming back <laughs> in a big way. In a big way. <laughs> in a big way. Gritty dark. Hashtag right now and Bucky sexy. Oh, it's so right now. It's tomorrow. <laughs> um, well, of the nineties, the, the one the one new toy thing that I did get hold of, usually for Christmas, obviously because I was out it went was a Power Rangers stuff. I got the first Megazord for one Christmas. Oh my god, I yeah. you know what you know what eats me up inside? My Megazord is at my dad's house somewhere. I don't know what and I think to mine. I think my stepbrother lost it. I don't know where it is. And the stickers were still on, like on the pterodactyl's like belly and everything, you know, the the, oh, the, the yeah, ones in the chest. Yeah. All the stickers are in place. It was oh. it was in good nick. Oh. I would love to have that now. They've they've re released it. Like there's a collector's version that's out now of the original Megazord. And I'm like, yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And it's like three hundred quid. And I'm yeah, like, of course that's it's all good because that's how that's how nostalgia works. That's why I don't have any masterpiece transformers because yeah. they're all super so expensive. expensive. And there's a new masterpiece Megatron album, and it's so good. It's the best Megatron toy I've ever seen, and I want it so much. Well, hey, maybe we don't need that old shit. We don't need that old-fashioned bullshit. What? What? 
Show me the new shit. Not when there's a new Megazord on the way. Show me. Power Rangers, although it's been renamed Saban's Power Rangers. Yeah, because it's not so... <laughs> right. So it's made by Lionsgate. Lionsgate yes. are the distributors. It's a Power Rangers movie based on the property owned by Saban. But... But... The Power Rangers on the TV... Yeah. ...was originally, and still is to this day... Yeah. A repackaging. Yeah, a repackaging of footage from a Japanese superhero TV franchise called Super Sentai. That's the name of the franchise that each series has individual names. Notice me, Sentai. I cannot remember. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Spliced with new American footage. So, like, you go back to that original footage of the original series of Power Rangers... Like, all the bits that we mock, all the bits we look back on and laugh at, where they're all swinging their arms and gesturing yeah. enthusiastically, that's the Japanese footage. The yeah. Megazord fights, that's Japanese footage. The monsters arriving on the scene in Japanese footage. Most of Rita Repulsa in the first two seasons, anyway. Jap- yeah, they, they then they shot their own after a while. With the Zed. lady who dubbed it, yeah. if I remember correctly. I think Lord Zed was completely American. American. Completely American. Yeah. Um, um, and, and, and the movie, the first Power Rangers movie, was completely American. Yeah, that's that's why it sort of stands um, on its own as this own little thing. It's even continuity-wise, it's different from the show. Like, yeah, because it, it doesn't influence the events of the show. That stuff kind of happens later. Yeah, they, on they, the show. they they get the power of like the ninja and everything in the movie, but they don't call it that. And then like they have like the ninjutsu, the Power Rangers ninja thing, where there's like a season between the end of Mighty Morphin and and the start of Zeo, yeah, yeah. where they've got the movie designs and everything, but it's only for a series. And the Zords are different, like there's like a dragon Zord and everything. And God, we're really showing some <laughs> freaking oh, sad crud here. But the reason why this is called Saban's Power Rangers is because this is all yeah Saban American produced yeah stuff. Although, another theory, and I think it might have something to do with this, I think they're calling it that because if Power Rangers is a success, they will tap into other properties they still own the rights to and try and create a Lionsgate Saban cinematic universe. Oh, for God. Well, what else because, w- well, Masked Rider, need I remind you, Cameron sir? Rider, yeah. Yeah, yeah, bit of that, with his big old beetle yes. face. Yeah, VR Troopers. Oh, VR Troopers was terrible! Which you'd have to try and really readapt now to are make gonna, VR seem gonna, like a thing. Are they going to get the talking dog back with the pseudo-technicals advice? <laughs> oh! And let us not forget, Matthew, the great unsung hero of the 90s, by which I mean it's a pile of feces on film... The big bad beetle. I don't think that's Saban. It was definitely within the same wheelhouse. I remember it, that. It was, and it, it had was, it had the, the the same end end thing, the end screen. So it must have been Saban. It was a Japanese show oh, reprinted American footage. By Here's Jones. a bunch of kids and a bunch of monsters in a oh, house for some my. reason, and the ghost is kind of like the genie, but he's not. And here are some tanks. Oh. Big bad <laughs> beetle. <laughs> <laughs> And rewrite your own brain. <laughs> That's almost as ridiculous as the actual theme tune. I know, right? Uh, no, it is Saban. It's Saban Entertainment, oh, yeah. no. Two seasons, and it's freaking oh, awful. no. Reuse of monsters, various monster suits. Both Beetleborg seasons were reused along the unused Juku B-Fighter and B-Fighter Kabuto oh, monsters wow. as enemies in the Power Rangers series. So, like, where all their pro- costume props came to die. So, Power Rangers, Saban, 
But that's not the only news. No, the title no, change no. isn't the only news uh, with Saban's Power Rangers. I'm not loving the trailer for it, by the way. And, you see, I'm hopeful, but I think it's because I'm surprised with the tone they've taken. Yeah, it feels, and I'm like, okay, this is... It feels a bit is... too Chronicle to me. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I'm kind of considering we're in a world now where we're not getting the Chronicle follow-up. I'm kind of down with that. Well, yeah, I suppose. But I'm also, as we've, you've probably figured out, if you don't know us already, you've probably figured out from the Transformers and Megazord chat at the beginning of this segment. Yes. I'm also a big toy collector. Yeah, I love me toys. some toys. Matt loves some toys. I love some toys. Hey, toys love us. Especially like the toys of robots that transform into toys of other things. God, yes. And yeah, Power I Rangers gives shit. us that with the Megazords. They all have a Zord. They have a robot, a tank, oh, uh, slash yes. animal hybrid thing that is unique to them. And then when the threat is too big, i.e. every episode in the last five minutes when the monster's made giant for some reason, the Zords come together to create the Megazord. A big Make humanoid creature. Um, a big mega, like humanoid mech that's as tall as a skyscraper and uh, specifically a cardboard looking skyscraper yeah. and it's exciting and as toys they were great because they're in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the era that this movie's based on you had your saber tooth tiger you had your pterodactyl you had a triceratops you had a massive mastodon and the one that everyone loved because as kids everybody loves the main one for some reason the T-Rex you had a tyrannosaurus zord yeah yes Swapped him around, you unplugged the limbs, you moved him about a bit, and suddenly you had the Megazord, and it was glorious. Yeah, I remember it very, very fondly. In modern movies, of course, we get to find out how a lot of things look, yeah. simply because the toy companies release pictures to someone earlier in production, and those pictures then end up on the web before the movie gets to show off its actual stripes. Yeah. Sometimes they release a bunch of the toys like months in advance of the movie as well. Yeah. Oh, oh god, like there was G.I. Battle... Joe Retaliation. Oh, wow. The toys came out and then the movie was put back a year. Rogue and the toys were on shelves for a year. Rogue, 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 Rogue Star, Rogue Star, Star Wars have a bit of tradition that they started last year that they're obviously yeah. hoping to make a yearly thing where in late September they have Star Wars Day <laughs> in terms of the merchandise where what? they release a bunch of the merch in late September. So dumb. And it does kind of work. Last year I didn't buy anything. About a week before the film I bought the the metallic um, Captain Phasma figure from the Disney store because I thought it looked cool. I was like, that looks cool. It does look real cool. I'll own that. This year I have it bought does into it. just like the character. This year I have bought into it. I bought Jyn Erso from the Disney store. The oh day. yeah, I saw that. Yeah. But mostly because I was like, I kind of want that. That's yeah. really cool that they've sort of got the stick out their arse and gone, yeah, people do want the female leads action figures, let's do this. So I was yeah. like, I'm giving you my money. You I want to I want to vote for that with my wallet. You wouldn't be able to get away with having Rogue One figures and no Jyn so like She's the oh, main yeah. character of that movie. Oh, but you'd be surprised. Like, I, I still wouldn't be surprised if oh, like, no, Wal- yeah, Walmart's that. exclusive 12-inch figure set in the new year is just like the, the guys. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Um, but at least the Black Series, they've gone, no, we need to... We need to get ahead of this and, and with the elite figures too Jenner so merchandise is part of that yeah. um, but Power Rangers has fallen victim to the uh, the thing we predicted a few weeks ago where we said like guaranteed we'll get to see what the suits and the Zords look like from toys and it's true uh, without showing you the picture uh, look away from the screen I'm Matthew because Matt's not seen this yet I've not seen um, it it was actually leaked by the official Power Rangers Twitter not the movie Twitter awesome um I sent out a photo of an upcoming toy based on the film. Uh, the toy is a interactive Megazord with expandable wings, battle sounds, LED effects, and all five ranges. Expandable wings? So this isn't... Yeah, it's got freaking wings. So this isn't the Megazord Megazord, if they are releasing that at all. This isn't a constructible robot. This is a you know one of those, oh, this is just a figure of it, how it is. Like they've done with Transformers in recent They've years. done that with the Megazord as yeah, well. Like, like there was a... 
there was a the deluxe Megazord, which is what you and I had, where it was all five Zords and yeah. you put them together. But there was also like a cheaper one, which was smaller. Yeah, they, they had it... they, they had a range at one point during like the zero years of six inch ones, like the yeah, same size yeah. as action figures. Um, I had a couple of them actually. I think I had um, I think I had the Zeo Zord like that and stuff, which is quite cool. But I think that was also because it was like if you want to play with the smaller versions, you can maybe a bit safer for the younger kids or whatever. But yeah, they, they do those. Like, there are Optimus Primes you can buy usually when the new Transformers movies come out, where it's just a figure of Optimus Prime and a button to make it do light and sound effects and stuff like that. Well, that's what this Megazord is. Now, from the glimpses of the Zords we saw from those semi-leaked posters from around the time of New York Comic Con, hmm. the Zords are going with the design of Pterodactyl, Sabertooth Tiger, Mastodon, Triceratops, and T-Rex. As far as we know, we've not seen enough they of were, them to confirm. There'd but... be no point. Yeah. This is the nostalgia. This movie's a nostalgia play. Now, do you remember? I'm going to do a little, little cross right there. Oh, oh, right. oh, right. oh, Matthew, welcome. Come on down, Matthew oh, Watson. God. <laughs> so, Matthew, uh, for precisely uh, no money, but the option of me maybe making you another coffee after we finish recording. Yeah, okay, okay. Can you name the five Megazords positions within the Megazord itself? Where did each of the Zords go? Oh, yeah. This is easy. Um, <laughs> Wrong! Thank you for playing! <laughs> Actually, no, they won't, I might get the legs mixed up, but... That's alright. From what I remember... Oh, you don't, I don't, I don't need left and right, just... Yeah. Um, T-Rex is the torso. Yep. The Triceratops is the right leg. Same two tag is the left leg. Mm-hmm. The Mastodon is the arms. Yeah, like the, the sho- arms and shoulders. Yeah. It sort of folds into the back, yeah. And the um, the Pterodactyl is the chest plate. Yes. And the head, if I remember correctly, the head comes out of the T-Rex. The head comes out of the T-Rex, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I remember right. it. On the, on the toy, you li- they literally flipped. You like, the it flips up, and then you, and then you and clip then you... the horns around the yeah, side. Flip yeah. the horn around the side. So, like, it's pretty straightforward, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's this bit, this bit, this bit, this bit. They all click in together. It's relatively simple transformation. Yeah. Uh, this is the design of the Megazord for the new movie. I have no idea <laughs> what's what. Oh my what God. What it's meant to be. Uh, we will provide a link in the description of this episode, that so you is... can all have a little look at us. Or on YouTube, I might make this just the icon this week, so if that you watch this on YouTube, you can already see it. The blandest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. I know, right? I, I, that I know. Is... I know. I know. It's... It's just generic grey thing with it's been it's been bay it's been bay formed. Yeah, it's, is the best it's way to exactly describe what it. I was about to say it's been Michael Bay formed. It looks like a Michael Bay Megazord. It's, it's grey. It's slim. It's got splashes of colour on the torso, sort of maybe, kind of. Oh wow! I can't that see is... much comparison to the original here. In apart from maybe. The um, pterodactyl, so a bit of the pterodactyl sort of makes what looks like the horns at the side of the head, maybe. Hello, okay. maybe. <laughs> um, and the pterodactyl's wings are obviously giving it wings, so it's a flying giant robot. And it's got the crystal in the middle, kind of like the white tiger sword had in the mouth of the tiger on the white tiger I sword, see. I guess. Also, that's like the cockpit. Maybe, like but in, wouldn't the cockpit the... be in the head in this one? Cause no, because in the in head the... looks like a big sort of observation deck. Its face is a blue plate of glass. Yeah, well, in the original show, the cockpit was in the chest. Yeah, which is weird because how could they see? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how could they see? Out well, of none it? of it made any sense. Um, um, and I think it was, there's another zone. I think it's one of the Zo ones had like a had like a thing in the chest. It was a, it was a sort of red orb of some kind. Um, there was a green orb, I think, in the Zo one. Um, what is that? 
Oh, that's just... It's the blandest of the bland of the bland. Yeah. It just... It it's looks so, so dull. But it's got... But hey, it doesn't, it doesn't need a sword this time. It doesn't need a big... It doesn't need to be a big... Because again, you may think the show's daft. Because it is. Lucy, is Power Rangers stupid? Extremely. See, there you go. That's an outside view from a person who didn't grow up with a real childhood. Um, that's it's a lie. It's extremely childhood. stupid. Had a wrong childhood. Didn't watch Power Rangers. But I, like, I love it. What, I love it because it's so stupid. But what is cooler to a kid than a giant robot made up of dinosaurs smashing a monster's face through a city wielding a giant sword? Crystal meth. Watching a high okay. school kid go back to the past and to the future. At the same time? Yeah. You're saying Back to the Future was your Power Rangers? Okay, you win. The point is... <laughs> the point is, there's not even a sword for this. It's just a thing sticking out of its arm. Ugh, it's just... It looks up... And where is everything? <sighs> so, presuming that the blue is the Triceratops, the Triceratops breaks apart into legs? Maybe. The Mastodon is... Where? Maybe. The, the Pterodactyl's just the head? And the, the wings. Tiger it's got and wing. the wings. This one's got wings. The same, which I'm not against. The yeah, wings is fine. Wings fine. I mean, the shoulders on the last one were big enough. May as well give it wings. Yeah, let's give it wings. The, the, the same two tigers, the stomach, and the T-Rex is just the shoulder? I have no idea what's going on. I, I, I would rather have waited to see it in motion, because right now, it looks like a stick man with some felt tip bits on it. Yeah, it's too sleek. It's just, it misses the, I mean, look at that, look at that beautiful thing. I, ju- I like my giant robots boxy. Look at that beautiful thing. Boxy and big. Big old boxy balls. That's why I don't like the Michael Bay Transformers movies, because the Transformers don't look like Transformers. They just look like messes of broken, twisted metal. I mean, come on, it used to use the, it used to use the Mastodon's face as a shield. Oh. And when you weren't using it, you could, oh god, I just remembered, you could clip it. To the top of the chest. Yeah. So it could be an extra shield on the front so you could have the Mastodon's face on the chest. Yeah. Oh, I loved it so much. It was it's real good. beautiful design. It's so simple and stupid, but like makes a great toy. And, oh, they've just... <clears throat> they've sh- they've, they've, they have squandered some good quill from me. Yeah, that's that's like one of the ZOE ones. Yeah, Thunder. Yeah. I had that one as well. That's the one with the big thing in the chest where they all sat in there. That's and you had little figures you could put in the chest as well. Tiny ones that's sitting in the cockpit. Cool. I don't know, man. Power Rangers, you... The only thing you could do to cheer me up now is if suddenly there was a magical Aladdin genie Elvis ghost telling them what to do. Uh-huh. Let us not forget, though, Brian Cranston, Elizabeth Banks, and, and um, what's it, Bill Hader is still in this movie, so not all is lost. Bill Hader is Alpha 5, what's happening in That's the world. That's great! That's good casting! Because he, all... he was also BB-8, so that makes sense. Did you know that? Yes, Bill, Bill Hader, Hader and Ben Schwartz yes. were, con- were were noise consultants noise. for BB-8, which basically means they made lots of noises. J.J. Abrams made them with like the three of them sat down and figured out emotive noises, and then Abrams ran their vocals through a program and just turned it into droid sounds. Amazing, which is great. But they're not ca- they're not ca- they're not credited as the voice of BB-8. They're credited as noise consultants. So weird. That's awesome. So else is awesome. I think. Maybe. We don't know. Because they're jumping the gun yet again. Over at Warner Brothers, those beautiful, stupid, brilliant, oh, daft you bastards. beautiful, stupid person. You. We already have a Fantastic Beasts 2 confirmed. Not only that, on an interview this week, uh, I can't remember the actress's name, she was on Colbert. Uh, Catherine Waterson was on Colbert having a chat about Fantastic Beasts because they had like a press event earlier that week in London. Uh, she mentioned that, oh yeah, apparently J.K. Rowling came to the press event she announced that there's a fifth one now. And I suddenly went, 
Excuse me? Ex- I'm sorry, what? Baking powder. You already have four of these greenlit, and now you have five? Do you want to maybe wait until the first one, just to see if people like... No, this is nah. in a world where the Justice League cinematic universe has already been greenlit. Well, I mean, <clears throat> to a degree, I think they know it's going to make all the money. Yes, but jump in the gun. I mean, start prep for a follow-up, and then if you know the first one did well, start pre-pro for three and four as well. But, I mean, come on. We're in a world where James Cameron's like, yep, no, my Avatar sequels are coming. Mate, it's been, what? It, it'll have been eight years since Avatar soon. I, I I think most people have forgotten Avatar at this point because it was the most forgettable film. It was a, something that's an made... unfor- unforgettable first 3D cinema experience. Pretty damn forgettable movie. <laughs> yeah, considering it's the highest grossing movie of all time, inexplicably, still... <laughs> Um, it's the most forgettable tripe I've ever seen in my life. It's the most forgettable tripe of the year. It's, it it's not a good movie. Du, 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 it's really not. And it's given me serious doubts about James Cameron's legacy as a filmmaker because I feel like... What, well, no, because he's, he's done some really strong stuff like Terminator's great, Terminator 2's great, Aliens is amazing... The Abyss is great. Mm-hmm. True Lies is fantastic. Oh, God, yes. But, like, then Titanic. <laughs> and then, I mean, Nothing's wrong with Titanic. It's just. <laughs> no, there's stuff wrong hard, with Titanic. You know, it's not the greatest love story ever told, like everyone thinks it is. And also, it's kind of dull. <laughs> Why does the Titanic need a villain? That was my main point when I watched it. I was like, why is Billy saying a villain? Put the car on her! It's, it's the story of a thousand of, thousands of people dying in a Aye. horrific, tragic happenstance. Why does it need a baddie? Because Billy Zane's great. He's great. That's true. <laughs> He's oh. wonderful. When's the Phantom getting a reboot? But, oh, <laughs> God. So, Fantastic Beasts 2 uh, has not only confirmed that Dumbledore will be a character in the movie. Mm. Fair enough. I'm yeah, down right. with that. We do like Dumbledore, and it'd be nice to see young Dumbledore. That'd be fun. But then later on this week, they confirmed that Johnny Depp has been cast to the movie. And everyone went, what? Because, of course, the immediate assumptions were Johnny Depp was going to be playing the role of Dumbledore. Now, fair enough. We've had two very different types of Dumbledore in a world where we're meant to believe they're the same dude. Three is pushing it a little bit. Because Johnny Depp will not play it like Gambon or Richard Harris. But it's fine. Worries aside, ladies and gents. Oh, I still have a lot of worries about Johnny Depp. Well, he will do. But Depp is not playing Dumbledore. Depp is playing, apparently, the Dark Wizard Galert Grindelwald. For those Potterheads amongst you. (laughs) Appealing to the fandom. Um, For those Potterheads amongst you. uh, That is the evil evil Dark Wizard who got some serious, horrible, Death Eatery shit. Years before Voldemort. And also was in a relationship with Dumbledore who let, uh, who took him down. Which we don't find out in the books. I think that's been that's been discovered later through Pottermore yeah. and things like that. And, well, and stuff J.K. Rowling has said. Yeah. Um, and like the Great Wizarding War kind of paralleled World War Two, mm. And apparently we're going to see the beginnings of it in Fantastic Beasts. Yes. Um, um, I'm worried Fantastic Beasts is going to become a Hobbit series. Yeah. <clears throat> where it's like, we're just sort of setting up what happens later. No, tell your own stories. And if that story happens to involve Grindelwald and everything, fair enough. Um, but director David Yates confirmed in an interview with The Leaky Cauldron, which is a great 
great name for a Harry Potter fan site. Yeah. That the um the actor, and in the words of Games Radar, famed and or disdained for his quirky characterizations, was an ideal fit. So David Yates has said, Johnny Depp's a real artist. He's created several characters who have really resonated in our popular culture. Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> he's, a, he's a really brilliant, brilliant actor. Oh, it's a Hunter S. Thompson, I suppose. Uh, we were excited about seeing what he would do with this guy. He didn't create character. Hunter S. Thompson. He created the Hunter fic- S. Thompson was a real person. He created the version of Hunter S. Thompson we all think of. Okay. In the same way that Robin Williams absolutely butchered the real Patch Adams. <laughs> oh, poor um, Robin. It wasn't him, it was the film. It was a terrible, terrible movie. Uh, he's fearless, he's imaginative, he's ambitious. We thought we would do something fun and special, so we went for him purely on that self- selfish basis. We don't care if he's famous or not famous, we just know he's interesting. And also we'll do fucking anything at this point. Yeah, right? yeah well, yeah. I mean, I'm down with I'm down with Depp playing a villain, simply because the only role of his that has made me go, ooh, in recent years, was his role as Whitey Bulger in Black Mass. Uh, Black Mass. He's pretty damn great in that movie. I just He's don't... scary. So, him playing a baddie, cool. But him playing a baddie in the style of, of like, Whitey Bulger, yes. Him playing a baddie in eccentric Johnny Depp plays a baddie, no. Yeah, I just don't care about Johnny Depp anymore. Yeah. Like, I've seen too much of his bullshit mm. to give a fuck yeah. anymore okay. about anything that he does. Like, <laughs> fuck off, Johnny Depp. Just go away. Go have a lie down. Go have a rest. I'm sorry, mate. He's 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 the second he's the, the second best Voldemort. He's not going anywhere he's now. Just, oh Johnny. Johnny mate. Johnny boy. Just the pipes. The pipes, Johnny. They're calling. Just stay away from films for a little bit. Let us forget you and then come back with a really great great movie. Black Mass Two, Mass Harder. Fucking popping on another bit of prosthetics or another fake moustache <laughs> and a dodgy accent and everyone buying it because apparently you're the world's greatest fucking actor or some shit like that when you're not. You've done some good stuff and then you started fucking up. And now I just don't care about anything you do anymore. I just want you to go away. Just go away, Johnny. Can he, can he at least make moose jaws? First? No! Oh, okay. Can we replace Guido Because that's Pons? more of the... It must more we, of the... Can we replace... Oh, putting on a silly nose and doing a funny accent. Can we take out Gila Pointe from Moose Jaws and just replace him with Jay and Silent Bob? Yeah, alright. Yeah, cool. Okay, see, there we go. It's better for everyone. It works for everybody. Um, just go away, Johnny Depp. Yeah, well, at least till Fantastic Beast 2. No, just go away. <laughs> and also... I'm dealing with the harsh reality that unfortunately he will be back in Fantastic Beast 2. Go away, Johnny. Just don't... Stop. You know, I'm not even joking. Based on what you're saying, a genius move for Pirates 5, Dead Men Tell No Tales, would be if the whole movie was about people trying to find Sparrow, like Salazar. And he's not in it. And he's not in it. I mean, I know they sort of did that with World's End for a bit, because he's not in, like, the first hour and a bit, because he's supposedly dead. But that would be pretty smart. So we could get to just watch Javier Bardem, Orlando look at my massive bloom, and... The son of of the Turners, like it's just a story of them. That would probably be pretty sweet, actually. Uh, well, that ended on a down note. But at least Donald Trump isn't president. Mm. Fuck. What have we got in the emails, Matt? You oh, guys get in touch all the time. Guess your, what we've got with your magical fingers of death. Guess what we've got? Dirty, dirty, dirty secrets. Now, before we dive into the emails this week, I will confess that neither myself nor Christopher has had time to watch the fourth episode of Class. No. So we've got a lot of people talking about that. 
and we haven't seen it. <laughs> so we're going to talk about it in spoilery terms, having not seen it. So here we go. Yeah. Our favourite is, well, I'm not going to say you're our favourite because I don't want to encourage terms of favouritism, but you are our favourite. Our favourite writer, Jacob Knowles. Jacob Knowles! Uh, has come and Jacob said... Jacob Knowles! Yeah, he knows. <laughs> he knows many things. Um, he's been in touch again. Hey, with, Jacob. With the weekly class report. The weekly class report. The weekly class report. And that's copyrighted. You can't do that. Damn it. Sorry, mate. Let's <laughs> uh, <Lush> Christ. <laughs> Hello, Chris and Matt. Before I get into a rant about class, I would like to say how good Doctor Strange was. Yes, it was. Yes, it yes, goddamn it was. was. Billy um, Hay. The mix of humour, great acting and effects made an excellent movie. So is Doctor Strange going to be in Thor Ragnarok? I would bet money on yes, he is. Otherwise, I don't think that teaser makes sense. I would bet sense. money on a cameo or a scene. Yeah, I don't think it would be much, but yeah. he's going to be in it. Like, yeah. Because um... that scene was... Um, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if that scene is in the movie and they're doing what that, they that did with... That scene was um, directed by Taika Waititi. Yeah, and they're doing what they did with... Uh, what do you call it? Oh, Winter Soldier. <laughs> Winter Soldier, yeah, where yeah. they just like go... Uh, no, no, it was, it was at the end of... It was at the end of Ant-Man, but it was Ant-Man. a scene from yeah. Winter Soldier. Of Civil War. Yeah, of Civil Oh, Winter 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 Winter. sorry, yeah, of course. Because yeah. Yeah, that's, fine. Yeah, that's yeah. fine with me. If we're going to get two post-credit sequences, I'm down with one of them being a preview... Of, of a future movie that makes perfect sense as long as obviously it stays the way it was because the one at, the one at the end of Ant-Man is weird because you're like what's happening here yeah it, out of context it's just strange but it but it, the only con- <laughs> hey. but the only context that it does work in is the fact that he's obviously referring to Ant-Man when he says I think I know a guy like that's what that is yeah so it's making you go oh Ant-Man's going to get involved in that story fair enough um but if this scene is a straight scene from, from Thor Ragnarok then I'm already looking forward to Thor Ragnarok because it's short it's sweet and it's Beautifully executed. Yeah. So yeah, I hope. I hope. We, I mean, we know he will return because it says at the end, Doctor Strange will return <laughs> in Die Another Day. Yes, I hope. I hope not. But yeah, I can show um, up and ruin it. <laughs> make, make it better by making it stop. Jacob, <laughs> Jacob then goes on to say, "Wasn't class good this week?" I say again, sarcastically. <laughs> this episode made me realise how bad the dialogue was the moment I realised this was when Ram and April were caught having sex by April's mum and she asks, I hope you use protection and he says we did now I haven't seen the episode so I don't know how that happens okay. but isn't April's mum in a wheelchair <clears throat> so yep. how did she sneak up on them having sex yeah you don't sneak on someone in a wheelchair just saying just also saying. hey guess what they kissed at a bus stop and now they're having sex that's what, that's what happens because it's so today it's yesterday <laughs> um as I write this email, I think back to watching the episode and I just realised that nothing happened. Well, yeah. nothing interesting happened. I think the most interesting thing that happened was when two characters that haven't had no chemistry together had sex and that wasn't even that interesting. In conclusion, class is crap, even though it is crap, I'm still going to send my my opinion of each episode every week, even if nobody cares. Please feel free, because then that means we don't have to watch it. Now, for if you if you just tell us about it, we don't have to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Um, From what I've heard, Tanya's sort of completely ignored this episode, because, like, oh, she's had her episode. Like, yeah. Don't need to do anything with her. Um, the Shadow Kin is mostly at a big green screeny kind of, not obviously green screeny, because the effects are, you know, fairly I easy. bet it is obviously green screen. But, like, obviously, obviously, they're just over here, they're just over here, they're just over here, because it's cheaper to film them on one day in one location, blah, blah, blah. And also, um, Con O'Neill 
is wasted as we expected he would be as April's returning dad. Awesome. He basically just shows up and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And that's all he does. And it's like, you're an amazing actor. You deserve so much better than this. Well, I'll try and watch the next couple Oh God. in time for next... Well, this one. I'll try and watch this one and, and the next one. Let's get very episode. drunk and watch them. Okay, we can do that. In one go. Now for Doctor Who questions. <gasps> Reluctantly answering Doctor Who questions? Well, I do have a quick one, actually. Before I'll interject before we okay. continue with uh, okay. Jacobs. Because uh, okay. old Billy Tracy 93 hey! whoever that is, over on Twitter has asked us... It's never on me. After this week, uh, I'm not sure where it was, but it was revealed that Bill, or As Bill, as we know her, <laughs> As Bill's name is Bill Potts. So, you know, because... Uh, Billy wants to know, who is Bill Potts, and what is her affiliation with the Flowerpot Men? She's a sleeper agent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she just needs... She just needs the code words. <laughs> it's... It's gone say it. It's bigger on the inside. It's flubber lubber lubber lubber. <laughs> what? No! And then just starts springing it up. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the end of it now. I love it. Um, oh, what a, what a wonderfully terrible name. So back to Jacob's <laughs> Doctor Who questions. Jacob's Doctor Who questions Fit. in I'm Madden Chris, two lifelong Doctor Who fans are looking to answer Doctor Who questions. I'm going to... I'm going <laughs> to... That's the new sting. I'm not going to correct this typo, even though I know what you mean, Jacob, because it's wonderful. <laughs> Favourite expanded Unitard material. Excellent! E.g. Big Fanish... I think finish, I think that's an intentional new adventures, etc. I, I think that, that's an intentional unitard. That is my favourite typo anyone's. That is the second unitard. Favourite expanded unitard material, definitely like right? Either you're not proofreading or you picked up on how much we enjoyed it before. Because that is brilliant. <laughs> Excellent. Um So expanded universe Doctor Who stuff. Do you uh, actually like Big Finish? What is your favourite figure and favourite regeneration? Oh, cool. Three so random ones. Um, so favourite expanded universe material. Uh for me. If I'm brutally honest. If I'm brutally honest. If I'm brutally honest, honest, you see, I've not read enough target novelizations that don't really count because a lot of them obviously are novelizations. They're adaptations. A of them do expand on the original stories, but not really. No, but but at the same time, they're they're telling the same stories. So, you know, um, uh, I've not read enough Virgin New Adventures. I think I've only ever read one. I've read four or five. And and they're pretty great from what I've heard, but I don't know if they'd stand up now. I think they were pretty great in the sense that they kept the show alive. I've read the Time Worm arc. I yeah. used to have the first one I read was Time of Exodus, which is the second New Adventures. Always, um, everything gets very dark and sexy and hashtag right now in these books. And it's actually a really good sort of alternate history. What if the Nazis won the war story? Which is a tired yeah. trope at this point, but it well, wasn't in the early nineties. So probably my first exposure to that to that idea, and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, um, I really like the 2005 to 2000, I guess it would have been 2010 BBC Books run. I read the first The, the ninth three. and 10th oh, okay. Doctor BBC yeah. Books are pretty sweet. Autonomy's really good. It's set in a uh, giant shopping mall in Australia in the late uh, 2000s. It's like, it's like the year 2070. Oh. And it's an Auton story with like black latex and mannequins like the, the, the Autons get all T-1000 on your ass with the 10th Doctor that's pretty cool that's, that's a pretty sweet one and the Slovene I think it's the Slovene Excursion is pretty good as well that's a Doctor and Donna storyline and the monsters inside with Ninth Doctor and Rose yeah I read that one that just was, to see her good. with the blather the first appearance of the blather yeah that was pretty good that's pretty damn sweet um, um, so I like that spin off the tip that tra- I'm not saying that the Smith ones aren't good but they sort of get a bit like meh as they go on um I mean, you know, all good writers and everything, but it's just sort of the tone of it's so weird in the show that they're trying to adapt to the books that the books feel like they're sort of trying to figure out what the tone of the yeah. thing they're adapting is. Yeah. Um, 
I really like the big finish Eighth Doctor Lucy Miller stuff. Yeah, a lot. That's so I, I that part of big finish. Um, and I guess the IDW not well. Yeah, the IDW comics are good, but the Titan comics. Yeah, I highly recommend. They're very enjoyable. See, I would probably go with comics as my favorite expanded universe material, but I'm going to say the original, like the eighties DW stuff. So the yeah. the first run stuff with Dave Gibbons through to the end of the Eighth Doctor stuff. Yeah, because I don't feel like they ever really got a handle on the Ninth Doctor onwards. No, it was too it was too brief. Yeah, the Ninth Doctor. I mean, the Ninth Doctor um, stuff is collected in one volume, and it's like four arcs, and that's it. Yeah. Whereas the whereas. Because, of course, by the time that they were like, oh, the writers have got a handle on him now. Oh, wait, new guy. Okay, we'll change re- it now. I really liked a lot of the Eighth Doctor stuff I read, and I'm like, I'm, I go back to that for those first David Gibbon stories with, with Doctor Who, and the first Black Companion in Sharon. Yeah. Um, and things like Star Beast and Junkyard Demon and all that. Frobisher's yeah. from that era as well. Yeah, Frobisher's from the Sixth Doctor, so, yeah. which Grant Morrison wrote for briefly, and there's the World Shapers, which is a great story, which <laughs> kills off Jamie. Um, you can get, I think you can get, I think there's two collections I don't know if Titan have, have republished these but and I think Titan probably published them originally actually yeah there's some but omnibuses as well yeah, some I've, got six, I've got Sixth Doctor one of um, late 80s stuff since the since this Voyager and the World Shapers are the mm-hmm. two Sixth Doctor ones there's a couple of Fourth Doctor ones uh, Cold Day in Hell is the first Seventh Doctor one there's four Eighth Doctor ones which collects the complete run of Eighth Doctor stuff mm-hmm. um yeah, it's, it's which ends with the flood. Ends with the flood, yeah. Yeah, um, and and I think I think the Panini collected edition also has the oh yeah, unu- Panini the con- unused final pages as like a bonus feature, like some interviews where you see yeah the the Doctor has regenerated and you see Eccleston's unconscious body oh, in, in the okay. coffin. Um, it's the final. Is yeah, the the Panini collected editions that I'm thinking of? Yeah, the ones that I'm, I don't know. I don't know if Titan have or are planning to reprint them. We'll see. Yeah, I think Titan. I think Titan have got. Will. I think Titan have got a bunch of rights deals with Panini and IDW. They're definitely reprinted the IDW stuff as omnibus volumes. Yeah, yeah. So you can get like the entire IDW tenth Doctor run in like three omnibuses, and the eleventh Doctor in like two. They've reprinted the Forgotten and things like that as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So the co- I think unanimously, I guess the comics is our sort of joint favorite. Yeah. Spin off medium. Oh, different different runs on them, but certainly yeah. the, the comics. Stuff. But we're comics guys anyway. Um, do we actually like Big Finish? Yeah. Some of it. Yeah, it it doesn't. There's it an doesn't, awful lot of it. It doesn't appeal to me in the way where I'd like get a subscription. Like it's one of those where if someone said to me, "Oh, this story's really good," I go, "Is it? Oh, cool." Pop up online, see how yeah. much the CD is, buy the CD or buy the download or whatever. Because so that's kind of like my relationship with them. Yeah, I um, don't I don't follow it very closely, but most of what I've heard, I've liked. Uh, there's some excellent voice acting in Gallifrey Four and Beneath Summerfield Epoch specifically. Yeah, I highly recommend those yeah. box sets. Just for the sexy tones of one of the actors. What's your favourite figure, Chris? Uh, Doctor Who. For years, it was the werewolf. Because it's just such an odd figure. Like, it's a really odd, bloody toy. It's, it's so tall, and you can have it standing on its hind legs, but you also have it, like, posed on all fours. And yes. It's weirdly hairless. Um, the head articulation's great. It's a fucking nerdy thing right there. Um, probably. Probably... Oh Jesus, it's really sad. Uh, probably um, the final Matt Smith figure, the Eleventh Doctor Purple Coat. Yeah. Uh, which the best version of it I'd recommend getting is the individual release one they finally did last year in a box, big open window box. Because before that, it was available as the Time and the Doctor set with a swappable old Matt yeah, head, yeah. Uh, swappable chest piece, chest piece without a bow tie, and a swappable Capaldi head. 
which also came with a cane and handles. Did it, but, was, it was it a Capaldi head or a Capaldi that looks like Stephen Moffat head? No, it was a Capaldi that <laughs> looks like a vulture with an eyebrow raised head. Oh, awesome, awesome. That looks slightly more like Capaldi than the Capaldi figure does. It just looks like Stephen Moffat. Yeah, have you seen the new Capaldi figure? No. Oh, lordy. Lordy, lordy, lordy. I'll flash that up for you. Well, you, you, well, you, you, find you that. tell us what your favourite fig- uh, figure it, is. Because you, you, you've got like a few of them, but like your dad's collection <laughs> my in dad's particular a big is guy. huge. My dad's, a big, my dad's a big Doctor Who figure guy, mm. and as well as he's, the he's, bought, he's bought some from me, actually, of the Time yes. Squad figures, yeah. As well as the character <laughs> option stuff, he's also got a bunch of the Dapple stuff. Yes! And he's also got my personal favourite figure, <clears throat> which is the... Um, the seventies twelve inch action man style Tom Baker. <laughs> yeah, I know which one you're talking massive about. Massive cardboard TARDIS <laughs> where you put him in the TARDIS and then you turn the top light and then you open the door and he's gone. <gasps> what? What? Um, um so for com- for yeah. comparison to your eyes, that's the three inch version, but that's roughly the sculpt from Time of the Doctor. Yeah. The Doctor. I don't like three inch action figures. That's the uh, the reason they did it was to make them more compatible with like Star Wars, Marvel Heroes, Marvel Universe, uh, GI Joe kind of thing. Mm. So I kind of get the point, but to cancel the five inch line outright was a mistake because yeah. that was a big like. Even if people didn't enjoy the show going on, they would still be collecting the figures as collectors financially. You'd be getting a nice thingy. Also, just make less figures like Grandma Connolly. And, and chip with dead Cassandra chip and things like that. Cassandra. Oh god, dead Cassandra was released on its own as a figure. It's just a frame of Cassandra. <laughs> it's mental. Some mental decisions. Um, but yeah, so that that's the Capaldi that came out in bulk, which sort of looks like a stretched Moffat, not Capaldi. This is the new one that's coming out soon. Um, he's got the hoodie combo. His uh, feet are huge. He's got the hoodie combo. The t-shirt will be interchangeable between the black one with the white spots and the, the stylized t-shirt from Magician's Apprentice with checkered trousers. Yeah. He's got the new sonic screwdriver, though. So, okay. And it looks like John Barrowman. Yeah. It's strangely smooth. It looks like John Barrowman. I mean, the hair's definitely an improvement. Definitely plastic. It looks like John Barrowman. Um, <clears throat> and what's really annoying is people are going, why not just make... Why not just take this one... Give us a new head sculpt, right? Give us the waistcoat for starters, and recolor the jacket to be the velvet jacket that everyone actually likes. Yeah, the red velvety one. Because like, there's a twelfth Doctor. I'm getting really nerdy now. So sorry. Twelfth Doctor, like Big Chief toys, for example. I'm not in a rush to buy it. I, I've got Eccleston on pre-order, and that's it. I like to, I'm not going to rush to buy it. Oh no, no but like implying no, that you're still oh, going no, no. to buy oh, it. Oh no, but like I would one day, if I, you know, freaking, you know, if we were in the lottery kind of scenario, I would one day, but I wouldn't bother with their initial release one. I would get the one they did for a limited time at like New York Comic Con in the red velvet jacket because it's a nicer looking figure. Like yeah. as far as there's like the colouring goes and everything. But eh, yeah, so. 70s Tom Baker action man. Yeah. And maybe the werewolf? I don't know. Uh, and lastly, I'm quite fond of the terrible rose that came with the Dalek battle pack. The very first rose figure. Oh yeah. I pretty that. awful. That pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I brought it around. Yeah, I, I borrowed for it for Niners uh, 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, our favourite regeneration. Favourite regeneration. So it's scene, I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, unless you mean decision. <laughs> like, yeah. Favourite Ooh. regeneration. Oh God. Um, whoever Capaldi becomes. Um, favorite regeneration scene? What's yours? Do you know? Five and the six. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty great. You're just saying that for tits, though. 
Um, no, no, as much yeah. as I love Nicola Bryant, I, I, I three eyes in one ridiculous sentence, ridiculous cleavage. <laughs> Makes me sound um, like a rather egotistical young lady. Hello, um, change, my dear. And it, and it seems, seems that a moment too soon. <laughs> Plus, how tragic is the regeneration? Like he's yeah. dying. He sees visions of his friends telling him to hold on, and then the master appears and says, "No, die, doctor, must die." die. <laughs> It's like, oh my god, this is horrible. Yeah, that's great. pretty. That's pretty. Uh, the tail oh, end, at the tail end of one of the best stories oh, as well. Good. It's very good. Uh, I think, and people are going to go, well, obviously because it's you, but I think nine into ten. Yeah, because because nine realizes that he sacrificed his life to save Rose's life, and he's fine with that. And it's really simple, and there's no big fanfare, which is sort of like how it is now in the new series. Every regeneration's a fanfare. There's none of that. He just thanks her for sort of making him... He didn't say it outright, but he basically thanks her for making him feel like himself again. And like, I'm going to change. It's a bit weird, this. I'm sorry about it. You were fantastic. It's the words, though. You were fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And you know what? And for that second, she's comforted by him, even though something scary's happening. She says, like, do you know what? And Billy Piper's reaction is just one of like, what? And she, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like wonder for a second. And he just goes... So was I. And you're like, yes, you fucking were, Chris. You were so good. And then he changes. Big burst of light. Because obviously it's the first regeneration for a whole generation of kids. They're like, what is this? You want to make it look... (gasps) And then, vumph, there's Casanova. And he sort of takes a breath and he goes, where was I? Right. Oh, new teeth. That's weird. Oh, yeah. Barcelona. And he's just like, what are we doing? Uh... All right. Okay, let's go. And that's why the children need scenes quite nice because you get that little tail end of you know like what the actual immediate reaction is to Rose. Yeah. But oh, I remember, so I good. Watching it go out and it was just so. It's lovely. sweet and wonderful. Then yeah. by this point, I'd realised I adored him. Like I, of all the doctors I had <clears> watched before this point, which I think was all of them. I that needed point. him. Technically, <laughs> and I was excited for Ten because I liked him in Casanova. But Eccleston was my doctor already. I was like, this guy's my favourite. Yeah. And knowing he's leaving in this episode makes me really sad. Yeah, but what a, what a way to go! Um, although I do, I do again. I like uh, it's close second for me. Bizarrely, is again new series because I like Tennant into Smith in terms of mm. the signifier of the end of the era. I know a lot of people hate it from the end of time. They hate the whole like the idea <clears throat> that the Doctor feels like he's dead and he resents the next persona. But I'm kind of fine with that. I think because that's because that's of, just sort yeah. of the tenth Doctor. That's him. The tenth yeah. Doctor is very selfish. When you look at it, he does a lot of selfless things, but he's a very selfish character. Like, I mean, Martha's a rebound girlfriend. Yeah. Like, Donna goes along with him, not because he's like, like I want to show the universe. He's like, I want a mate. I want a friend. Well, that's a selfish reason to you do You want to, to mate! <laughs> you don't mate with me, sunshine! Uh, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's a very selfish reason why he takes her with him. And he does a lot of selfless things. He's de- the Tenth Doctor is definitely a hero, but he's a bit of a spoiled brat. Yeah. And that's fine. I'm fine with that. Like, we're looking back at it because it makes him different. I could have done so much more and yeah. all this. And that makes him... Do- and he would go for a big grand finale because it's all about himself. It's all about you and yeah. your big finish. And that's... Oh, God. Nicholas. And that's... <laughs> so, oh, God. <laughs> but that's but that's fine. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's fine. That's who he is. So that's why I love that regeneration too because it's such a grand like it's all big and it's yeah. exploding and then you just it's brilliant because of one shot 
He changes to Smith, and Smith's first expression can be summed up with, ah, ooh. <laughs> and then it's suddenly, who's this guy? Who's this dorky weirdo? I'm new. Who's this Frankenstein-looking motherfucker? What's going on? What is this? Who's this man with the kidney bean face? And he's a kidney bean face. Who, who, that, yeah, when we first saw him, we were like, he's a weird-looking dude. And by the end of Series 5, we're like, what a handsome man. Yes. What a weirdly handsome man. He's, one, he's great. Yeah, he's he's great, a man. sexy, handsome he's man. Good. And he looks better nowadays with short hair, actually. We all, we all were sad when he first got rid of his hair, but it's like, no, looks better now with short hair. Mm. Playing a very fancified fictional version of a royal well, <laughs> in the Netflix series, which I'm, I do want to watch, actually. I'm looking to watch that about, is it? <laughs> um, but yeah, but also, also, um, Troughton into, uh, Hartnell into Troughton is pretty damn sweet too, because it is, imagine being there that first night. Mm. It'd be like, what? What? Plus you get the, his clothes change as well. Yeah, it's a weird one. Only time isn't it? it happens, but but there's implications. He says like he had to get back to the TARDIS because she helped me do this. Yeah. So it sort of is an implication that the TARDIS is going in the full like it went you know full power because that's the most powerful we see it in the series. That's the most charged up and working the TARDIS has ever been at that point. Yeah. The TARDIS has gone like I'm gonna help you transition, and I'll even I know I know the new you won't be comfy in those clothes. So here's some new clothes. And they don't say it that explicitly, but it's like that's what happens, and that's kind of sweet. I like that. I think I think if it would, it would help him change every time. It would sort of get a reading of him and be like, "There you go, now you're more comfortable now." Yeah. Um, so I, I dig that one a lot. Plus, just how wonderfully befuddling he is. If only we could somehow see his first story. Oh wait, now we can. So that's great. Um, that's that's pissed me off. Have you heard about the release for that? No. So the DVD, it's out on BBC Store now, day by day. Yeah. All five episodes will be out by the time this episode goes six, up. Six, there should be six. Um, yeah. Probably. Six I think, I think the first one, the first one come out on Sunday or Monday. Uh, I'm not sure. I know, I know it's out. But... Basically, if you're listening to this, you've probably already watched Power of the Dark. <laughs> but you can also buy the DVD later in the month. However, you can also buy it colourised, so you can watch it black and white and, or in colour, on the Blu-ray, you know which is coming out in February. What? Huh? And in America, they get the colour version on the DVD release as well. Huh? It's almost like the BBC are incompetent. There's like eight versions of Power of the Daleks being released. <clears throat> the hell? Just, just give me the story. Just give it me. I would, I would, I would happily wait till January for the DVD copy if it meant we could also have the optional extra features, coloured version, etc., etc. Like, fair enough. I, I'm, I'm gonna watch it in black and white, and it's an animation, so I'm gonna watch the animation you made to cater to the black and white. But if you've got a colour version, of course I'm going to watch it out of curiosity. Mm. I'm just not going to buy it twice to do that. No. So, yeah. Um, plus, we're all going to want it on DVD because we're going to want it... Those sad bastards will want it to fit with the other DVDs on the shelf. The Blu-ray will look mm. weird. My Spearhead from Space Blu-ray is separate from my Doctor Who <laughs> DVDs. It's with, like, the Sarah Jane Torchwood stuff because yeah. it's, like, its own little thing. Um, so, yeah. I haven't even bought the TV movie just because there's no new features and it's basically an upscale. It's not even... Yeah, why bother? Man? What was the point? Why bother? Uh, but, yeah. Um, what's your favourite regeneration Jacob we'll, we'll wait tell us we'll wait tell us uh, this one comes in from G- Luke give him a second interesting choice mm, I wouldn't have thought of that um, I don't remember the rubber chicken being involved <laughs> but you know if, if you say it's there especially having a pulley in the middle what's Luke um, say Luke, Luke says Lukeity Luke hey Chris and Matt before I start I would like to say Chris I've watched since you were since you were Snowy 
Oh God! Did you worse know it? Oh Christ! Uh, I loved you on CBC. You were my fave. Oh, enjoy the content. You I bet bring. you say that to all the ex-children's television presenters. Uh, you're such a charmer. <laughs> uh, I enjoy all the content you create now on your channel, especially nineties ten and collabs with other channels like Five Who Fans. Yes. And I guess you're cool too, Matt. Yes, I am. <laughs> Don't you forget it. He's more than cool. Um, He's. Ice cold! I'm freezing. Um, so. <laughs> I just because the radio is broken. Yes, that's true. Uh, so, class episode four is a thing, and to me it felt like a paint my numbers episode of any sci fi show. I mm. guessed almost every beat of the story, even down to the April's mum wheeling in on them. So, I'm, I'm wheeling in on them. I'm looking forward to seeing this scene of April's mum interrupting their coitus. Um, the Don't mind me, I'll just watch. The subplots oh, are a bit lackluster, but I guess we'll find out about them later. Ooh, so clever. Oh, that's a great typo. I love that one. That's my favourite typo. Um, as someone in year 13 slash upper sick form in Britain, it feels like they're pandering to America, even though Americans like the bitterness of Doctor Who. No one has personal desks at my school. Yeah. Many arrangements, lines of four, two to a table mostly, but not an individual. The whole show feels like it was designed to be chopped up and served to different social media sites. And don't get me started on hashtag classmates. <laughs> Target audience seems to be loving it, BBC. Good work. Um... <laughs> That's if you actually know what your target audience is. Um, but enough of that. Yeah, please. Doctor Strange was great. Visuals, yeah, was. everything. Eggs Benedict, Cumber Patch. Cucumber Patch. <laughs> Eggs Benedict, Cucumber Patch. That was, that, I had to take all the runs at that one. It's a superb addition. Superb addition to the MCU, and I cannot wait to see him interact with others on screen. I mean, that's what he did for the whole movie, Luke, to be fair. So, you've already seen that. But I, no, I understand what you mean. Yes, I can't wait to see it interact with the larger Marvel Universe. That's going to be real fun. Real fun. Right questions. Kept them separate just for you. And we just plowed on anyway because we don't play by anyone's rules. Um, hashtag class. Uh, hashtag. This week's tangent is brought to you by Matt's Fractured Mind. Hashtag. So right now. Uh, how does class rank in, w- in DW spin-offs for you? Rock bottom for me, even below Canaan and Company. Uh, well, I've not been... Rock bottom for me. Yeah. Because Canaan and Company has the wine in the title sequence. So oh, it wins. man, that title sequence. Canaan! Um, yeah, it's... It, uh, Does Canaan and Company count as a spin-off? Because technically it was a pilot for a spin-off. It's a spin-off. That's okay. what a spin-off is, Christopher. Fair enough. It doesn't have to get a series to be a spin-off. It okay. just needs to exist. Yeah, in which case then, class, class is bottom um, of the barrel for me, personally. Yeah. We're not counting all the v- VHS, like... Shakedown and all that from the nineties, are we, and everything? Oh, what? Because no. I've not, I've not, to be honest, I've not watched enough of them. I've seen, yes. I've seen Auton and Auton Two. Oh, brilliant! And it's mostly fascinating because you're like, is that, is that Reece Shearsmith? <laughs> it's weird. We're gonna have to watch. There's a lot of, time. there's a lot of comedy actors who were successful in the early to late 2000s in those 90s ones. I think there was a lot of comedy actors who were successful in the early 2000s. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken... Big Doctor Who fans. I well, think. if I'm not mistaken, Mark Gatiss wrote a couple of those thingies or wrote bits of them yeah, under right. pseudonyms, it such as Sam Kisgart and things like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Put it this way, it was the 90s equivalent of YouTube fan films today. Yeah. So good on them for doing it. Fair enough. No one else was doing anything with it at the time. So. <laughs> uh, top of the top of the list for me, Sarah Jane Adventures. Yeah, I think for me as well. I I definitely don't like class. Yeah, I think it's safe to say. Yeah. Um, if, if we're looking at the, fun- I'm not sure if I dislike it more than Torchwood. 
or not? No, I like Torchwood because Torchwood at least had lots of things that I did enjoy. Like, yeah, but... I, I did enjoy spending time with a lot of those characters. Some of the monster stuff was great. Episodes like Countryside wipe the floor with anything class could ever attempt. Yeah, but Cyberwoman. Yes, but Countryside. Yeah, but Cyberwoman. Yes, but yes. Yeah, you're right. Yes, but... But also Countryside. Yes, but... Okay. Cyberwoman. Yes, there but... is there is one where Richard Bryars is, a, is an alien artifact collector dying in his bed, and then Owen punches death in the face. Yes, but Cyberwoman. Children of Earth. Miracle Day. Children of Earth, and at least four episodes of Miracle Day. All right. The length it was meant to be. All right. It was originally five episodes, and then Stars Network went, "No, make it longer. We'll give you the money for ten. And Mister Davis was like, "Oh shit." I guess we've got to pad this out now. Ah, uh, balls. <laughs> Even though it would have been perfect as a five-episode mini. Ah! <laughs> it probably wouldn't have ended with a rock vagina underneath the Earth's crust. Oh, God. <laughs> also, here's Mackay Pfeiffer. He's immortal now. Are we ever going to follow this up? Nope. Okay. Nope. nope. <laughs> Who is your favourite Doctor Who companion pairing and which would you like to travel with? Mine is either Seven Ace, Ten Donner, or Eight Charlie. Ooh. Praise Big Finish. Praise be a lot of big finish fans. Praise be big finish. Praise um, little big finish. Praise be little big finish. Praise the Briggs. I do. I do like. I do like uh, Eighth Doctor and Lucy Miller a lot. I've already said that. Um, I I love Nine and Rose, but that's because it's very dear to me that series and their chemistry and their story. Uh, I do enjoy Six and Perry. Well, that what what you do in your fan fiction is completely. Yeah, I didn't, it's I didn't right. to touch no, but, it. but like not the first couple stories. It's ropey as sin in the first couple it's stories. So bad. But their relationship is quite fun to watch after that. After they get rid of the whole. He doesn't need to be violent, does he? No, Revelation of the Daleks is probably the best example of their mm. their relationship. In that, I think. Um, and uh, any Doctor with Sarah Jane. Oh yeah. Any Doctor, because John and Sarah Jane are great. Tom and Sarah Jane take it to a level you didn't think could be beyond That's that. mine. Tom and Sarah Jane. Hands mm. down. But then her interactions with David and Matt in Death of the Doctor. Yeah. You believe that she's with the same man as the two we've seen her with before. You believe it. Like, she's so good. Also, I really liked Harry Sullivan and wish he stayed around longer. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about this after, but I, I did some notes recently for Death of the Doctor for Doctor Who magazine, and he's mentioned in the wrap-up at the end of that story as to what he went on to do next. Oh, awesome. Which is pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Sarah Jane with any of her four encountered Doctors then, I guess. And don't be like, well, what about she met the first and second and fifth Doctor and five Doctors? She didn't really, did she? She no. came into a room, she no. shook someone's hand, and then she was made to stand in mm. the corner for a bit with everyone else. Stand in the corner. But my, what a steep hill that was. <laughs> <laughs> so. And my, how plastic was that coat? Um, <laughs> as easy as pie. And three. We took some pineapple, Matthew. Where do you think? Where do you think the next Infinity Stone is? Which movie will it be in? I'm not Ooh. sure about this one. I'll leave it up to two more qualified men to guesstimate. <laughs> uh, it's going to be in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. It's going to be the Soul Stone. Yeah. I don't know what it, I don't know what the Soul Stone is going to take the form of. No. But it's going to be the MacGuffin in Thor Ragnarok. I at imagine. a push. At it's a not push, going to be It in... could be Black Panther. Possibly. Could be in Black Panther. James Gunn's confirmed it's not it's in Guardians, not in Guardians 2. 2. That's fine by yeah. me. Um, uh, Spider-Man... No. Spider-Man needs to be a smaller story than the other movies. It's not going to be in Spider-Man. Spider-Man needs to be an Ant-Man. It needs to be a smaller story. Um, Spider-Man 
needs to be an Ant-Man. Us yeah. insect-themed superheroes have to stick together. Isn't it weird that we're saying that? The next Spider-Man movie needs to be more like the Ant-Man movie. Yeah, that's, that's such a weird yeah, sentence. That's the thing. Um, but yeah, that's I mean, that's the truth. That's the truth, fam. That's the truth, um, says Groot. Oh, yeah. Um, but we, yeah, we've Groot. Got, I couldn't burp out Groot. That's sorry. the only one we've got left, because... Um, yeah. Thor Ragnarok, I possibly, but Thor, Thor's already had a... It's going to be in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. If not, and if it doesn't show up in there, it'd be Black Panther, wouldn't it? No, Christopher, I'm telling you, I have inside sources. I don't have inside sources at all. <laughs> it's going to be in Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Says you and who's inside sources? Mine, which don't exist. Ah, dang it. Um, <laughs> I was trying to look at which of the, which of the Infinity Stones is which in the... In the in Toby and I were trying to figure this out the other day. Um, the Tesseract is space. Um, the orb in, in Guardians The orb is power. Is power. The Eye of Agamotto. Spoiler alert, it's time. It's time, Jim. Um, the... Which ones have we forgotten? The Ether. Uh, the Mind Gem is Loki's staff slash... Um, visions. Vision. Vision. And, oh, it was confirmed the other day, uh, the Ether is reality. Because it tears at the fabric of reality. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. yeah. Uh, they're all different colours from what they are in the books. Don't let that confuse you. Yeah, they're not the same colour. But uh, they, they perform yeah. roughly the same stuff. So. Yeah. And they're also not like the time gem isn't the eye of Agamato and things like that. But for the yeah, sake they, of, they for the sake of movies are. and condensing all of these massive concepts down to something that will fit in a series of films, I think it's a smart decision what they've done. Um, so yeah, Soul, Soul Stone's probably going to be uh, something that Hulk finds in the bottom of his pants. It's just like, oh, it's really... Oh, I, God, there's something really irritating me. What no. is that? Oh, I must have sat on that it's at some point. kidney stone. Oh, Jesus. He finally passes. Rope! He's cured. He's cured. That's my secret cap. That's why I'm always angry. The fucking kidney stones! All <laughs> um, the best in kind regards, Luke, a big damn fan. P.S. Matt, you've grown on me. Not literally. That would be weird. That would be weird, but thank you. I want um, to see that. Don't fan not... we, we've got a name there, big damn fans. I want fan art next. Oh, I want the fan no. art of you growing on someone. Uh, <laughs> like like quarter. Lewis Christian, whose views you may or may not endorse. But we do. But don't we? But do we? But we don't do. But we do do that. Hi guys, hey. I have a few questions about various things which you may or may not choose to answer. Okay. One. That's it for this week's show. We'll see. <laughs> Hit me. One, Donald Trump is the new president-elect. Please yeah. sum up your feelings in two and a half noises. Um, should we, should we take a noise each and then go for the half? And we'll, no, we'll do two and a half noises each. Okay, fair enough. Uh, mine are... <sighs> and... Uh, that was the half. Mine are... <sighs> That last one was in Gelf. <laughs> Two, uh, the latest episode of Class ended on a cliffhanger this week. Did you care? Not seen it, Not so seen it. no. Is the cliffhanger involving April's mum wheeling somewhere? <laughs> God, we're making terrible jokes. She, we- she wheels into doorways quieter than Harrison Wells. Is it a literal cliffhanger <laughs> like the end of Dra- like the first episode of Dragonfire? Does someone just get the umbrella out and decide to hang off the edge of a cliff face? Is that is that what's going to happen? 
love that. Um, <laughs> but, like, but like somehow she's still strapped to a wheelchair so it doesn't fall away. It's just swinging beneath her. She's like, oh! oh! Whilst, uh, whilst ITV's Victoria looks on from a window, apparently. <laughs> um, and three, oh. new companion Bill's surname has been revealed as Potts. Yeah. Is her dad called Paul? Her <laughs> um, <laughs> dad's called Paul. Paul. Paul Pot. <laughs> no, but her mum's called Annie. Oh, we wish. What do you want? A better show. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, thank you for your cooperation during this troubling time, <laughs> Mr. Lewis Candyman Christian. Yes, Lewis, thank you for your cooperation during this troubled time. See, I turned that back around on you by using varying levels of stress. That's that's language. He took the italics and he switched them right I took, up. Well, there were no italics. One I of them was in bold, italics. even. One of them was in bold. He made a word in bold. I added italics. I put a little bold in there, just like I do in my wash. That's a lie. I don't use bold. I use whatever's cheapest. And I turn it round on you. All you needed to do is look cleanish and smell all right. Yeah. <laughs> don't Which... use Daz. Use Zad. What if we get a Daz sponsorship, though? Use as bad. As billed in this week's episode, you were uh, enjoying the roles played by, starring in alphabetical order... Christopher Johnson and Matthew Watson as Bill Potts <laughs> and Bill Potts. Dirty. Dirty that. Go and wash your Bill Potts. Uh, wash your Bill with bilge water. If you ever want to get in touch with us, then you're insane. But if you want to pursue that belief and that desire, you can. On Twitter, we are at Big Damn Cast. We're also bigdamncontact at gmail.com. If you ever want to send us an email, please do. It's always fun to hear from you. And we can have we little bits it. of nonsense like this. We it. love it. Uh, and, of course, you can find us on YouTube or iTunes. And if you want to be an early bird, keep an eye on the Twitter feeds. Because sometimes we put the episodes out on SoundCloud and put the link on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? So you can oh, have a do earlier. leave us reviews, please. Yeah, if you're enjoying the podcast, get over on iTunes. On your iTunes. I think you have to do it on iTunes itself, not like on, on Tinterweb. Uh, give us a review if you like us. Uh, that'd be nice because if you give us a review we get featured in more things and more people can discover the podcast and if they like it then they'll thank you for the gift of us and if they hate it they are legally allowed to throw flaming bags of dog shit through your window yeah that's allowed that's that's what that's what happens but that's a risk you're willing to take you want to go down with our ship feel free we will see I mean it's, it's, can't be as bad as what's going on over in the States 